0: Welcome to The Whole Indie Show, your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness.
1: So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk I'm willing to take? And the answer, absolutely. If you know something about me, you know that I'm trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus was ashamed, the with
2: these pay to the Innocence, once lost, can never be regained. Darkness, once gazed upon, can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence.
3: Because I want to see you, see me, smash it Come and play.
2: What I want is Brian Danielson's head
1: on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independent scene, and that's to thrive.
3: Thrive to be the best in the world.
0: With your hosts, Sandro La Telpa and Ashley Richardson.
2: I knew we'd throw the fucking roof off.
0: Hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Indie Show, here on the SNS Radio Network. As ever, I nearly forgot my name. I'm Ashley. And after everything that went down this week, I'm pretty exhausted. <laughs> Wouldn't you say Sandro? Well, no. Sandro won't be as much. Because... uh Sandro wasn't stupid enough like me to stay up and watch both versions.
2: Yeah.
4: Awesome. Awesome week which uh we'll get to later on, but uh pretty calm week, for myself, but uh you know, what we thought would be a bit of a slow news week, but um wasn't that much craziness but there, there's still some news going around this week but they're very interesting news nonetheless
0: yeah there's a few bits <clears throat> here and there i think you've got some sandro but certainly the one that sort of cropped up under the radar was the sort of report that uha nation has agreed to terms with wwe and uh, as long as everything's finalized and checked and all that expect to see Uha Nation somewhere in NXT I'd have fought within 2015 easily
4: I knew it was only a matter of time uh, before the WWE took a look at Uha Nation you know because uh, obviously you know Vinnie Mac is uh, obsessed with guys with big physiques and uh, Uha fics. e Langston should be shitting himself now <laughs> he probably should <laughs>
0: Uh, well, no, but, at like time, him but at the same um, time,
4: but at the but at the same time, there were other big men, and they really didn't last long. You know, for example, big Zeke, and you know now he's yeah. uh, running around and looking on the ground. But uh, and
0: tight, so Neil, to some extent as well.
4: Well, he's still kicking around, but
0: yeah, but not in any sort of huge
4: capacity like he could have been. Well, he could have been more active, but he's uh, a. Uh, on and off tag partner is a, uh, it's a bit of a legal trouble, but uh, that's neither here or there.
3: <laughs>
4: but uh, I am very uh, glad to hear that uh, he's very close to signing, and uh, we'll see how he does. Obviously, in NXT, there's a very good chance he'll probably be the same as he, as he is on the independent and internationally. But um, time will tell. And obviously, he, there's no way they're going to let him use Wuhan Nation. They'll probably use some other name, which is nothing really to be mad about. It's probably expected. But uh, we'll see how he does. And um, he's not really much of a talker. So he's going to need help with that. Uh, but, you know, the Performance Center, you know, has everything. So if he, if he does get officially signed... uh. I can definitely see some uh, good things coming out for the... Well, I guess soon to be former Wuhan Nation.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it'll be something else. (laughs) Can't work out what it is, (laughs) but he will be obviously something else. A little bit of an update as well on Nigel McGuinness' Kickstarter, which has got just over three weeks or so left. And it's only currently at forty three thousand five hundred twenty five as of recording, on a Wednesday. So Hmm. we're about we're we're at least ten percent of the way up there, but we need a lot more. And yeah, let's spread the word even more. If you if you want something that's different and alternative, um, perhaps you need to back this project because. I know at some point over Christmas, and I'm annoyed that I missed out on this, his uh, Life of McGuinness documentary was put up for a limited time free on YouTube. Huh. As a sort of uh, teaser as to this is what we did with so much money. Think what we could do with a lot more with a series of things rather than just a documentary. I've missed out on it because I tried to check it in the last few days and it's uh, gone back to private <laughs> probably only for backers and whatever but uh yeah certainly check it out uh, we'll obviously i don't think we'll social media it every day and until probably next week when we get to the final fortnight for the final push and whatever but seriously consider it because I'd have thought with the friends that McGuinness has, he might be able to get it on a network that can be seen by more people than El Rey. Probably. I mean, I don't know.
4: <clears throat> uh, when is the, the deadline for that again?
0: I think it's January 31st. Ooh. I think it's the end of the month.
4: Yeah, Um. I. No offense, but I don't think they'll make it to the uh, <clears throat> to the deadline time.
0: Well, I've I've known of some projects that have been really far off target, and then really just gained momentum sort of towards the end. Like there was one for uh, one of the one of the gaming websites, ScrewAttack, having a gaming convention. And they were on $200,000 for most of, like, the six weeks that they were on. And within the last couple of weeks, they made up the other $800,000. And managed to get the million or whatever that they needed to make it happen. Surprisingly. It seemed like, you know, from out of the fire, they clutched it and rescued it. So, it's not over and... It's not like the one with, um, <clears throat> the one we covered late last year with Drew Galloway's project when they were looking for like two million and they had about two hundred with about a week to go. I think it was something like that it was it was It was much worse than it, it wasn't even one percent on the little bar on Kickstarter. It was probably naught percent. It's that small a number.
4: Well, well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it does mm. p- at least close to make it, but time will tell. Yeah. Now. Now you've got a few
0: stories, I believe, Sandra. Uh,
4: moving on. Uh, Updates on the WWN uh, experience WrestleMania weekend. Uh, they officially announced uh, the all-woman uh, show. And it will it will be officially be Shimmer Volume 71. Taking place on Saturday, March 28th. Uh the show will start at twelve noon local time in California. Uh the tickets are, you know, they're quite expensive, you know, knowing that it's WrestleMania weekend. Uh first row is 75, second row is fifty dollars, and general is twenty-five. Uh, of course, the talent hasn't been announced yet, but I would assume at some point uh, late February, early March, we might get a couple of announcements. But I'm pretty sure or uh, Melissa will be one of the many people on that show.
0: More than likely. <clears throat> and prob- I'm guessing you uh, Nicole Matthews will be there, given that she's champ.
4: Oh yes, that is a very good chance because uh she does live on the on the west coast of Canada, so it, it's you know, it is somewhat close. It's just a plane ride away, so it wouldn't be that difficult for her uh, to travel. Uh moving on to uh interesting news from AIW. After having a uh, pretty good successful last show of the year for 2014, they uh, officially announced their first show uh 2015. It will not take place uh, later this month in January. It will take place next month on, uh, I believe it's on a Friday night.
0: Yes, 20th of February, I believe it is. Friday night,
4: <laughs> February 20th, of course, in Cleveland, Ohio. With po- possibly the greatest title so <laughs> far. You thought charges to the Underhills was good. <laughs> And the title of the show is I Choo Choo Choose You. Of course, inspired by that uh, one of the popular Simpsons episodes in the early years. Yeah, that's why it was popular. It was from the early years. And of course, who should be on the cover, but it's none other that I would assume everybody's favorite couple in wrestling right now, Johnny Gargano and Candice
3: LeRae.
4: <laughs> and I should mention that uh, pre-sales uh, for the tickets has been uh, very successful. Uh, the tickets have gone very quick than any other show. Uh, there's still a few um, limited front row uh, seats, but uh, you can still buy them at AIWrestling.com. But I know uh, John Thorne is uh, very happy with the pre-sale tickets already sold very quickly. So that's great news for AIW. And uh, I know just recently, uh, last show of the year, Charger to the Underheroes" is officially released over at smartmarkvideo.com. You can buy the DVD or download the MP4 or stream it on their video on demand.
0: That's very nice to hear. Uh, Now, is that all from you, Sandro?
4: I just have some Dragon Gate news. Okay. A bit of an update from the Final Gate show. Uh, First off, update on BB Hulk. Uh, He did suffer a dislocated shoulder after his match with uh, Shago Takaji, so he is out for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, There's a chance he'll probably show up at the uh, next Friday's uh, January 16th, Kirk and Hall show. But uh there's probably not a good chance he's going to wrestle since he's still hurt. Update on the, the Bravegate title situation. Um Apparently, Flamita is not even uh, taking the title because it is now officially declared vacant by the powers that be at Dragon Gate after uh Flamita was not really happy with the way he won at the pay-per-view. So, the title is up for grabs and they will have a tournament to decide their next champion. Uh, the tournament is going to be spread out through, uh, three different shows. Uh, just announced the participants uh, in the tournament. Uh, we have Punch Tomonaga, Yuga Hayashi, Yosuke Maria, Dr. Muscle. So, who knows who'll be under that mask? Uh, Jimmy Kagutora, Sachi Hoko Boy. Eita and a Mr. High Tension Kotoka. No, Mr. Q.Q. Tanazaki now like a dolphin. Damn it! No, which is surprising, but uh, I guess they want to go in a different approach. But uh, like I said, I have two shows. Uh, the first first round for Block A will be this weekend, actually on Saturday, and then the next day on Sunday will be the for Block B. And then on the 16th at. Currican uh, Hall. They'll have the winners from both shows. And then the winner. Of the semifinals will meet. In the main event to crown the new. Uh, Brave Gate champion. If I'm not mistaken. So. We'll, we'll see what happens with the title. But uh, interesting things. Already kicking off for the. the first month of Dragon Gate.
0: I'm sort of wondering if Mr. Muscle is actually Flamita.
4: Well, the thing is, the, the Dr. Muscle character, it's its pretty much anybody. Anybody could be under the mask, because a, a lot of people from the roster have uh, revealed themselves. Oh, it's like
0: the... that classic bit when Los Conquistadors came back.
4: Yeah, pretty in much. In
0: 2000. Yeah,
4: pretty much. Oh, and... um um uh, Yoshino uh, has been pulled from uh, several shows uh, because he's uh he's very ill um okay he uh, he had recently suffered from acute laryngitis and tonsillitis ooh so he's not going to be resting for a couple of mo- a couple of weeks so we don't know when he'll be back but he's been pulled from the recent tour so that's a uh, bad news for him Unfortunately,
0: yeah, that's that's must be. Let me This is not a good thing. Nope. I haven't had it myself, but I know of people that have suffered for a minute, and it is pretty debil- debil- debilitating. If I can say it properly,
4: at the third attempt. Okay, uh, just to clarify on the Bravegate tournament, it's actually gonna the champion will be crowned on mo- next Monday, on the twelfth. That's when they're going to be crowned the champion for the vacant title. So, a three day affair for the Breguet title. Yeah.
0: What have I heard that before?
4: We'll get to that.
0: Um, (laughs) So, in terms of uh, stuff you should check out on our social media, in terms of videos, uh, the new Evolve rankings are up ahead of this weekend shows. We're not going to run through them because. Half the time, they don't make any sense. Uh, Adam, There's a little video with Adam Pearce talking about the King of the Indies tournament, which will be part of the WWN Live Experience in uh, March. A couple of videos from CZW. One with the Beaver Boys having captured Super Cop, Dick Justice and Cherry Bomb. So this seems to be angling possibly towards a... A triple, a triple shag team feud, if that's a thing. Is is that
4: well, is, has that happened before in CCW? <laughs> well, I don't know that's where they're going because I mean, I mean, Cherry Bomb did kind of uh had like a cheat meal when they caught her eating the donuts, so uh, I don't think that'll be, I don't think that'll affect that storyline, but it was pretty hilarious,
0: yeah. Uh, there's another video with Tim Donst wanting to save CZW. We'll get to him in the final part. Uh, there's also quite a bit of, uh, stuff from High Spots. So we've got a diva's di- a Diva Diaries with Candice LeRae that you can check out. Uh, also a Joey and Candice special. Which is not the Candace and Joey show. They sometimes are often confused. And then there's also a a preview of Cliff Compton's Wake Up Time to Die show with special guest Sanjay Dutt. And I think Freight Train. Which I'm guessing that means it was recorded at a five dollar wrestling show.
4: Well he's he's been a part of awesome. well, he's been a part of Cliff's uh show <laughs> for like the last uh, two shows actually, so He's like the the co-star basically.
0: Oh, he's like the he's like the band guy with David
4: Letterman. Yeah, sort of. yeah, but uh, yeah. he doesn't play anything. <laughs> he's just there, <laughs> you know. You know the way he talks. Yeah. You know. uh, we've also got. A, there's also a little
0: sneak peek from FWE. I'm guessing this is just the DVD and Blu-ray release of the film or sorry of the event but i think it's night two of refueled that's being shown so it's the match which had i can't remember who was in it i know it was the bucks yeah it was that crazy
4: four-way tag <clears throat> yeah the DLC match.
0: But, but the key thing to note is the bucks are doing commentary on themselves yeah which should be <laughs> just the whole concept of it. it's pretty awesome I do like the fact as well, right at the start, it's like, please tell me this is recording because this is gold. (laughs) And also, for those of you who uh, liked what you saw with New Japan, which we'll get to uh, in the second part, uh, I don't know who, who put it up. Because New Japan USA is defunct now, isn't it?
4: <laughs> oh, that was a uh, Joey Ryan. He put it up.
0: Ah, it was a match between him and Machine Gun Carl Anderson from 2006. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to see how much they have slash haven't changed in eight years. Or well, I guess nine now. But then again, it was probably from... Was it from mid-2006? Yeah. So it's 8, 9, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, I think that's all the social media stuff covered. Yes.
4: Now, uh, I have to make an announcement. Um, uh, regarding the uh, Lucha Underground recaps, um, I have to inform everybody that I will not uh, do the recaps on this podcast because... I have been um invited to do the recaps over on Unplug from now on. Um JJ uh sent me a message uh last week and asked me if I wanted to do the recaps over on his uh show and uh I decided to do so. Uh so from now on, all the Lucha Underground recaps will be on the Unplug podcast. And that will officially start starting this weekend as Unplug will return, I believe, on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. So this week's uh new episode which features the <clears throat> Aztec warfare match. Uh, that is the episode I will be recapping this weekend. Uh, by the time this gets released, I'm hoping it gets... I hope that podcast is out. I'm not sure if it's coming out on Saturday or Sunday, but I know it is it is coming out this weekend.
0: I believe it's being recorded Saturday to be released on Sunday.
4: Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I will tweet it on our social media as well as my Twitter. But uh, speaking of Lucha on the Ground, uh, they actually released some information for uh, their Season 2 tapings, they have officially announced two weekends of tapings that will occur next weekend, January 17th and the 18th, and then the following weekend on the 24th and 25th of January.
0: Ooh. So... That means there might be quite a few talents that are not going to be anywhere near Philly.
4: No, oh. <laughs> no, no, there weren't. <laughs> and, um, of course, our t- all tickets are free. And I guess if you want some reservations in advance, uh, just email tickets at, at gmail.com with the following information, your full name, phone number, email address, uh, which dates... Uh, you want to attend for the tapings and the number of people in your group if you choose to bring people to the tapings.
0: You may you may just want to go on your own. <laughs> uh,
4: sure.
0: So I guess <clears throat> I guess this is sort of Lucha Underground theme because we get to the results and we get to the T V tapings from Ring of Honor. Yes, featuring a certain guy who more than likely will show up on that first set of tapings. <clears throat> yes, of course, it's CM Punk. Now, um, if only, or well, well, at the, at the way UFC is going, apparently everybody's coming back. UFC must be desperate, especially if they're taking drugs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the stuff. Andrew wishes to make no comment. <laughs> yeah, you know, all, all I saw on my on my new tablet where I can now actually get the feed where I can watch the UFC legally for a change. <laughs> all I saw was a video saying Rampage Jackson's back and I'm just going, wow. They're really pushing it now, aren't they? And I got
4: to say, before we continue, I got to say I was very disappointed with the pay for you last Saturday. Ooh, what a... <laughs> What a disappointing show. You watched the wrong pay-per-view on Saturday night, Sunday morning. The, the, only thing, <laughs> the only thing that was good was the the semi-fight. That was the only thing that was good. Main event was disappointing. That's all I have to say.
0: So this is the Winter Warriors TV tapings, I believe, which is yes. airing this Saturday and I think the next three Saturdays, is it? Uh, yes, yes, it is. So this was all taped in Nashville uh, with an attendance of about 700, which for asylum isn't too bad. That's great. I think. On the pre-show, uh, Cheeseburger beat Chris LaRusso with a schoolboy. Cheeseburger won.
4: <laughs> this is, no good for him.
0: This is something that doesn't normally happen. Wow. Uh, so episode one, By the way, spoilers, because this is TV taping.
4: Spoiler alert.
0: You don't want to hear this. Uh, Skip about 10 or 15 of this. Skip the next part. Skip to New Japan. (laughs) So it opens with Roderick Strong beating Mark Briscoe with a strong breaker.
4: Um, Very
0: weird opening match.
4: That's pretty strange, because I was under the impression that uh, Roddy is the babyface. I guess.
0: Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Don't worry, it gets even more confusing. So Nigel McGuinness comes out and declares that the match that's scheduled between Hanson and Elgin is now a number one contenders match. However, Tommaso Ciampa then comes out. Oh, sorry, no, he's called out to the ring and he shows up and is informed that he hasn't been fired, but that he owes one to Nigel for going to the higher-ups. Champa said that he wanted a title shot because of the match that he had with Briscoe in the UK. I'm guessing was that part of the uh, South Side stuff? Uh, probably. <laughs> I don't know. It was that four-day, f- four, four matches in three days, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Or five. I can't even no, remember. No, it was four shows. Uh, Elgin then came out and reminded McGuinness that Chomper lost to him at final battle. Chomper then declared that no one wanted Elgin in Ring of Honor while Elgin said that he and Nigel were former Ring of Honor champs and belonged in Ring of Honor. So then Nigel says, (laughs) well he obviously can't say fuck it but in essence he meant fuck it and declares the match now with Hanson is a freeway and it's still a number one contender's match. Then we have the first of the top prospect tournament matches with Will Ferreira beating Jay Diesel with a roll up. Uh, afterwards, Truth was disgusted by the loss, but Diesel made it up by beating the crap out of Ferreira afterwards. Which is a shame, but you know, Will progresses on. Now I'm worried for Team Tremendous. And then to finish off episode one, the number one contender triple threat match, Elgin, Hanson and Jumper. Uh It was a DQ and thrown out because the referee was hit.
3: <laughs>
0: what? This doesn't make sense. What are you doing, Ring of Honor? God damn it. Ugh. Then we get to episode two it's a bit more normal now. So, it opens with Frankie Kazarian beating Cedric Alexander with the -er. Unprettier. I'm pretty sure that isn't called the Unprettier when Frankie does it. (laughs) Uh, Then the second match in the top prospect tournament saw Donovan Dijak beat Jake Durden with a knee to the face. Interestingly, the decade came out to watch during the match. So I think that's a sign that uh, Donovan... Might be getting, might be winning by default. <laughs> then there is a interview with Alberto El Patron. Uh, Alberto says he isn't a sports entertainer anymore, and that he's after the world title, until Truth Martini and Jay Lethal show up, and Jay Lethal continues his cause to state that the TV title is the title in Ring of Honor and not that title that Jay Briscoe holds. Which is interesting, because which is the one that's going to be in the main event of every show? More than likely. Not the TV one. Uh, Alberto tries to talk Lethal into fighting, but Truth tells Alberto to get in line and leaves with Lethal. And I still don't know why that happened, but regardless... Uh, Nigel then brings out Jay Briscoe to make an announcement, and apparently Jay wants a four-way in Las Vegas. By four-way, we actually mean wrestling match. It's not some crazy, you know, southern thing. Uh, yeah, so by the looks of it, your main event for the, the Vegas, is thats is that, that isn't pay-per-view, is it, the anniversary show? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So that'll be a it'll be a fatal four-way, a Davis elimination. It'll be a four-way between champ J. Briscoe and Chomper Hanson and Elgin. Nigel says he'll consider it. I'm pretty much thinking it's gonna happen. Because we're still trying to cover the fact that we can't have a legitimate one-on-one match, like final battle. Um, Jay Briscoe then calls out the kingdom, which leads to the main event with Jay Briscoe retaining the world title, beating Matt Taven with the j Driller. Afterwards, uh, Mike Bennett attacked Briscoe and Mark made the save. This then handily led into episode three, which I'm guessing there must have been, they could have done this straight afterwards as if it was a dark match, but I don't think they have. Uh, because the Briscoe brothers beat the kingdom of Taven and Bennett via DQ when Bennett hit Briscoe with the belt. Oh, sorry, J. Briscoe. <laughs> Clarify. And Bennett and Taven and Maria look to be you know, uh getting the one up on the Briscoes. Only I mean, for a certain a certain name that I don't think many people expected, and big surprise. ODB made the save. I think that, that, that she hasn't been in... I'm trying to think of what other indie promotion she's been in.
4: Not that I can think of, but um, it's interesting, I will say that. And you know what? When you think about it, uh, she is a great fit with the Briscoes.
0: Plus, she's got a B in her name.
4: Yeah. And they called her... So- Yeah, because they're calling her as a briscoe, one dirty briscoe. There you go. Which I I like it. And I got to be honest, I want to see some promos with her and and Mark. I think they'll be hilarious. She's the sister from another mister. (laughs) I want to see some promos. I think it'll be hilarious.
0: I want that to, you know, if you can get brother from another mother, I want sister from another mister. If ODB's listening to this, see if you can wangle that with your way into the bloody interviews. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, continuing on in the top prospect tournament for episode three, uh, the Beer City Bruiser beat Mikey Webb with a DDT. Uh, and then to close episode three for the first time ever, um, the match between Alberto and uh, Christopher Daniels, uh, with Alberto getting the win with the Armbreaker submission. Jay Lethal did come out at one point during the match and attacked Alberto after the match. Uh, Jay Diesel then also attacked Alberto, but the addiction of Daniels and Kazaria made the save. Then episode four happens. Starts off with Moose with Stokely Hathaway and Vader Scott. because Apparently Prince Nana said, look, three managers are too many beat the romantic toucher of a spear. Uh, the decade comprised of Jimmy Jacobs, Adam Page, and Chris LaRusso, or BJ Whitmer, beat three opponents when Page got the pinfall with the Adam's apple. Apparently, there are some reports saying that the three opponents that they faced were actually security guards at some point earlier in the night, I guess, when security had to be called. For some bit. Uh, LaRusso was apparently on trial. But uh, got beaten up by Whitmer after. It says after they lost the match. They didn't lose. So I guess they just beat the shit out of him anyway. For the sake of it. I don't know. Uh, The final match in the Top Prospect Tournament saw Ashley Six beat Dalton Castle with a chokeslam sort of disappointed by that because I, I, I you know I like a bit of Don Castle don't misconstrue that please oh uh, I don't know <laughs> then Adam Cole came out to address the crowd brought a chair in the ring looked at the camera dropped the mic and flipped the middle finger at it and left <laughs> Didn't say anything. Just, I don't know what that was for, but yes. Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole.
4: It's really interesting. I don't know if it's um, if that's a way to write them out from the promotion or they're trying to build up something. But it's, it has me intrigued, I will say. So we'll see what happens in the upcoming weeks. There's,
0: there seems to be a lot of people now starting to get pissed off at Ring of Honor, seemingly. Elgin, Chomper, Cole. It sort of looks like we're trying to do another stable to try and bring down the company.
4: No, I don't want to see that.
0: Because it really worked with scum, didn't it? It made one of your best guys go and steal the show at NXT. may sound harsh, but it's true. The guy the only people were really talking about back in December was some bloke called Kevin Owens. I don't know who he is. But uh whatever. Uh the main event of the TV tapings for the final episode saw a triple threat match for the TV title with Jay Lethal retaining beating ACH and Matt Seidel.
4: Oh, that's not a surprise.
0: So it looks as if it's going to be uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think what was the Matt, what was his name? Sweet Machismo. So basically it's Randy Savage versus. Oh, what was his name back in uh, Milmas Caras, was it? No.
4: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Alberto. Before he became Alberto. When he was in AAA. Oh, you mean... Dos Karras Jr., yeah. that was it. i remember the name eventually. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah overall, it doesn't look too bad, actually, of recordings. And I think the that is, as I say, shows coming up, so that will be the 10th, 17th, 24th, and the 31st. And the next tapings is actually pretty much before that on the 30th. With Isn't that the one with Alberto versus ACH for no reason?
4: No, I think that's the one with uh, AEP and uh, Roddy, because uh, him and ACH, that's going to happen on Philly.
0: All right, yeah, yeah. I remember now. I'm not even sure if
4: that's going to be a TV taping or that's just
0: going to be like a strictly... That might just be a live event.
4: Yeah, probably straight to, I guess, VOD in this case, VOD. So, um,
0: that's all the Ring of Honor stuff. That's all the result. Well, not all the results uh, for this week. Because coming up next, it's the New Japan hour, probably. Because we've got Wrestle Kingdom to review. We've got a lot of big announcements for shows coming up for 2015 from them as well. And also some results from the the New Year Dash. Or aka New Japan's Kurakun Hall Show. As well as the upcoming or s- some of the highlights from the upcoming cards from them. Which means we'll be covering the New Japan cmll fantastica mania shows and also the new beginning shows which is their first real big shows if that's a the
4: thing they a big
0: so new japan will be coming up in the second part of this week's whole indie show
2: SNS Radio Network. Check out the podcast that deals with conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unknown. Check out Unplugged CT with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, and Bronx Zilla. You have questions, we have answers. Keep an open mind because the truth is out there. The truth shall set you free.
5: Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Just a reminder for you to listen to Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view Sunday as I'll be joined by my broadcast partner, the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mark the Shark DiCarlo as we provide the best pay-per-view coverage of the WWE. And it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Time every pay-per-view Sunday Sunday night showdown your home for WWE pay-per-view coverage
2: everybody. This is the Bronx Father to tell you about the Get in the Zone podcast every weekend right here on the SNS Radio Network with myself, my co-host, Anthony Farley, and bringing you the TNA recap. No, God, please. No, no. L Train. We also cover Smackdown, some news, and you might even get moments like this. Oh, my brother! Testify! Wow. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Wow, that wasn't that was that wasn't half bad.
0: <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> to quote... See, since I'm imitating... Since I'm imitating Devon, tonight, I might as well run the gamut of black wrestlers and go with Booker T. Tell me
2: I did not just... Here's that. It's one of those things to edit. (laughs) (laughs) To edit or not to edit. That is the question.
3: For the reaction Anthony's Anthony, you cannot edit this one. (laughs) Oh,
2: shit. Anthony's dead. He's just done. Oh, we might as well just end the show right now. So... Check out the archive every single weekend and drop us an email anytime. SNS Zone at gmail.com. Right here on the SNS Radio Network. The you dig that. Here you go. Here you go. I think I'm going crazy. <laughs>
1: and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and my Wife, Exclusively on the SMS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network.
0: Yeah. This is going to be fun. We have the middle segment of this week's whole indie show with Ashley and Sandro, and boom, New Japan happened. Hopefully, a lot of you watched it. I mean, from what I've from what I've heard, they they did pretty well in terms of live stuff. Live stuff at two in the morning, not just the replay at sort of sensible time. There was some pretty overall from what I've seen opinion seems to be good on it but then again quite a lot of people may not have seen uh Japanese wrestling for the first time and this is one thing which I don't think it will affect the grade but one thing that I did miss and I don't know whether you agree with me this Sandro there wasn't as much lavishness this year Probably because they couldn't afford to because of the time, because of the wrestle, because of the uh, GFW timing, because they only had four hours.
4: Are you referring to like uh, special entrances? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The special
0: entrances that we got last year for Wrestle Kingdom 8.
4: Well, because of uh, unfortunately, because of time restraints for us here in North America, that had to be cut out, which is unfortunate. But uh, they, uh, they went right through it. It just went for it really quick. Like you gotta get yeah. through. Yeah,
0: that was the one of the pleasing things. There wasn't actually a break like there normally is. There wasn't.
4: But I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that and oh <laughs> well, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, uh, from what I've read, apparently, from people that were trying to watch it through the Flips app. That was a complete disaster. Oh dear. Um, apparently a lot of people tried to watch it there and it completely fucked up everything. There were a lot of streaming issues. There were some audio tech, uh, difficulties. Not everything was in sync. It crashed. And uh I guess the, the people that were handling the app is based out of Ireland. And they had a lot of server issues. So Excuse me. I know uh, Jared had mentioned that uh, they were offering refunds for those that uh, order it through the Flips app. But uh, yeah. So and also there were some other issues here in North America because through certain uh, cable or satellite providers if you wanted to watch it live at two in the morning some carriers did not show it because they were showing the replay of the UFC fight or the UFC pay-per-view, excuse me, mm-hmm. but two hours prior. And there were in some places that didn't even show the replay and uh primetime. Uh, I know um uh sassy steffy uh she tried to watch it on the the replay And apparently through her cable provider, they weren't even showing it. They just showed a a blank screen. (laughs) Wow. She took a picture of it. See, uh, Thanks. Uh, I I think she said her big cable provider was Bell. Like, this is what I'm getting. A blank screen. (laughs) That's good. So there were, you know, several issues with the cable providers, which is very unfortunate. But this was a solid show. And let's talk about it right now. So
0: the opening pre-show in front of... And this is interesting as well. There was only 36,000. So it was a bit down on last year's 40,000 plus.
4: Well, um, by the time the main event ended, ended, you can tell there were several sections that uh, were not used. At all, which I'm very, very surprised to see. I have heard that supposedly there were like 60,000 people going to the show, but we only got like half of it. So, I don't know what the hell happened. I did read that tickets were still selling before the show even started. So, I don't know if that was uh, the buildings uh, wanted to make it smaller or maybe New Japan itself. I don't know, but it's uh, very disappointing to... Not have many people in the Tokyo Dome because I'm pretty sure they they could have sold it. Yeah, I don't know if it was the from what
0: I saw from the weather forecast there was uh, I know it was heavy rain or heavy snow that was forecast over there. I'm pretty sure there was something though, but regardless, uh, yeah, the pre-show had the 15 man New Japan Rumble Battle Royal which featured uh Tanaka manabu nakanishi well um, like well i have like all the entrances in order oh okay oh it's the on the order of entrances right uh
4: so the first two people uh number one was yuji nagata and the second person was tiger mask four uh obviously you know this is your typical royal rumble one minute interval and uh you could also be eliminated, aside from you know being thrown over the top rope, but you could also be pinned or submitted in this in the Japanese battle world because it's completely different in North America. Oh, and also you could also be DQ'd if that was the case. Uh the third entrance was uh Tai Chi. But he wasn't alone. Um well first off, uh when he came out. Well, I should mention that everybody uh they did they didn't came out from the the big entrance ramp because obviously it was very very long. They came out from the dugout actually of the uh of the baseball field. So uh when Taichi came out um his music was cut out and they put some generic dubbing music because you can clearly see Taichi was singing. But you cannot hear his voice. All you can hear was the dub music. Yeah. So not only did Taichi get entered, but also uh, El Desperado and Ty- and Takamishinoku also went in the Battle Royal all at the same time. So <laughs> Screw the numbers. Yeah, so competitors three <laughs> through five went in next. Uh, next up was Jushin Thunder Liger. Number seven was Sho Tanaka. Number eight was a uh, an interesting competitor because it's uh, a New Japan legend, Hiro Saito, uh, who is a uh, very well known as the guy. One of his signature maneuvers was a senton, and that's what he pretty much did throughout the entire match. He pretty much hit a senton to everybody. He just did sentons. <laughs> so the next. Uh, Number nine came out was Yohei Komatsu. Number 10 was Captain New Japan, who had a very interesting outfit. His gear was nothing but camouflage. So that was interesting. He's a wannabe soldier. (laughs) And he kind of had his moment because he gave everybody uh, uppercut chops to everybody. So he had a little moment there. Number 11 was Tamatanga. And the first person to be eliminated was Captain New Japan, who was eliminated by Tonga. Uh, Then Tiger Mask 4 eliminated Desperado. And then after that, Taichi eliminated uh, Jushin from the Liger. Number 12 was Yoshihashi. And as Yoshihashi was making his way into the ring... um, In the background, you can see Liger and Desperado as they were brawling brawling, uh, to the way back to the locker room as it was a build-up for their title match on the next show. Number 13 was Manabu Nakanishi. Uh, Number 14 was an interesting one. It was a uh, legend in Japanese wrestling in Yoshiaki Fujiwara. Uh the funniest thing, uh his entrance music was the riot of the Valkyries. <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> no. <laughs> because there were some people on the social media saying, Is Daniel Bryan coming into the match? <laughs> people were actually convinced that Daniel Bryan was about to appear. <laughs> he is you know, that was
0: that's that was his special announcement.
4: Secretly, I'm going to Japan, guys. <laughs> uh, Fuji- Fujiwara, um, he's a, a 60-year-old guy, and he looks in terrible shape. And Is this the great Kabuki? No. Okay. Well, you already spoiled it, but I was going to get there. <laughs>
0: well, no, because you're just saying about a 60-year-old guy. I'm talking
4: about Fujiwara. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he looked in terrible shape, and I don't know why he didn't decide to wear a shirt, because he should have. And the last one, well, because he actually already spoiled it, was the Craig Kabuki, who's actually...
0: 66.
4: Yes, but... Um, well, he probably looked in better shape, because he wasn't... Uh, you know, he had his gi and everything, so that pretty much helped him. <laughs> but he had his nunchucks out, and he... You know, for a guy in the 60s, he, he could throw those nunchucks pretty good. I will say that. So, as uh, everybody's in the ring, everybody stops because they're in awe of the sight of Fujiwara and Great Kabuki. So, uh, Taka Mishinoku decides to go after Kabuki, but then Kabuki spits mist in the eyes of Taka. And because of that, uh, referee Taiga Tori decides to DQ the Great Kabuki for, I guess, an illegal move. So he's out. <laughs> so he literally just came out, split missed, and then he was out. And uh, I think after that, uh, Fujiwara decided to lock in the Fujiwara armbar to Taka Michinoku, and then Taka immediately tapped out. So he was eliminated. Then after that, everybody decides to to dogpile on Fujiwara as uh, Fujiwara was pinned. So he was out. Which is probably for the better because you don't want to like seriously hurt two guys in their 60s taking bumps. So that was probably the the easiest way to get them out of the match. Uh, after that, the young lines of Komatsu and Tanaka pin Taichi and he was eliminated. Uh, then everybody dog pile on uh, Saito so that he was out. Uh yohei kamatsu was uh eliminated after being torture racked by Nakanishi uh Nakanishi was then eliminated after he was pinned by everybody else uh Sho Tanaka was pinned so he was eliminated uh, after that um Yoshihashi was eliminated by tamatanga oh no excuse me uh Tamatanga was eliminated by Yoshihashi excuse me after he tried to charge right after Yoshi, but then uh Yoshi threw him up over the the top rope so he was out. So then it was out between Nagata and Yoshihashi. But uh eventually uh Yugi Nagata pinned Yoshihashi so he wins the pre show battle royal.
0: And seventy five million yen.
4: <clears throat> One of the interesting things I will say um yeah, if you looked at I-, I think somebody in the production truck was a fan of Street Fighter 2 because when when you see on the Titan, they do the the countdown clock and the the font of the of the screen was totally something from street fighter 2 so i'm pretty (laughs) sure somebody was a fan there on the production truck uh i should mention that a couple of days before the events um eugen nagata uh went on through the media and uh voice that he wasn't really happy that he was in the, the pre-show battle royal saying that he was disappointed that he was not on the main card now moving on to the main show uh first match was the fatal four-way match for the iwgp jr tag team titles
0: yeah big big a big opener to be honest in terms of probably western appeal Considering it was you know, Ring of Honor tag champs, and of course, IWGP junior champs, Red Dragon of Kylie Riley and Bobby Fish, defending against the time splitters of Kushida and Lex Shelley, Forever Hooligans of Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov, and some group called the Young Bucks. Yes. And it was a pretty damn good opener. I mean. I don't want to say it was pretty similar to the match that they had a month ago, but it sort of was. (laughs) But that isn't a bad thing, because they all know how to do their stuff and get the right spot.
4: Um, This was a a pretty good match. It actually went longer than I expected, because I thought they were going to get within 10 minutes tops. But they actually went uh, 13 minutes. So that was a bit surprising. Uh yeah, there was a, a couple of good spots here and there. Um, one of uh one of the things I want to mention was usually Rock and Romero does the charging clothesline. It does it over and over again. Uh, so he did do it, but he did it on two teams simultaneously. When uh, I think it was he, it was on uh, Time Splitters and I believe Red Dragon. So. All four guys were on opposite corners of the turnbuckles, and Rocky hit on everybody. That was a good spot. I remember there was also one moment where I believe Red Dragon had the Bucks on their shoulders, and Rocky Romero was about to do a uh, slice of bread number two off the top uh, top rope. But as the Bucks went over, they decided to pull a ricochet and land on their feet. And that's when they decided to do a super kick party onto everybody. That was a pretty cool spot right there. Um, I will say that I think the person that made the least impression was Alex Kozlov.
0: He might still be hurting from that injury, though.
4: I I don't know. He didn't seem to be hurt, to be honest.
0: Oh, it's just that he wasn't. Yeah, I see what you mean. He wasn't. He wasn't really on top form entirely. No.
4: One thing I will say, um, seeing Bobby Fish, him, you know, you know, he did the deal. For you PWG fans, you know what that means. He did it in the Tokyo <laughs> Dome, so that was cool. That was very great to see. Uh, the finish came when uh, Red Dragon hit Chasing the Dragon on Alex Kozlov to have their first successful title defense. Like I said, a pretty good opener for for the match. I really enjoyed it. Um, I will say, first off, I did watch both the American commentary and the real commentary, which is the Japanese commentary. Hi. Uh, For this match, um, I thought, uh, first off, Striker, he he did fine for this match. Uh, I know some people on the social media were very confused about, oh, why does he mention uh, places like PWG or why does he mention uh, Lucha Underground or Ring of Honor or whatnot? Or a WWE or TNA. Uh, for those that don't know, I don't remember what interview it was because I know Jarrett was going up everywhere with uh, podcasts and everything. And I don't recall if it was on the... Trey and Adam show or it might have been the MLW podcast but he had mentioned that like as part of a GFW he said that we're not going to be in our own bubble and everybody else is non-existent he said that we will acknowledge any wrestlers past experience in any other companies uh, he did say that we will mention it on the commentary Yeah, which I think that's I actually don't mind it I think that's actually good to get people to know that, you know, this person is not, you know, he's been on one place. He's been everywhere else. So I think that's a good thing. I know some people were like, uh, I don't want to say pissed off. I guess they were like offended, I guess. Like, this is such a taboo. You're not supposed to say that. Now, normally I would have been, uh I would have been, I would not be happy about it. But since Jared explained it, I understand it. So I didn't have an issue with that. Now, uh, JR on this match in particular, uh, he had a bit of a difficult time catching up with the match because of the style, of course. Uh, I was worried that he was going to crap on it because of the fast paced style saying, you know, stuff like, oh, this guy's not selling, you know, I don't know why they're going quick and everything. But he was fair, but he did have a, a bit of a difficult time trying to call the match. In this one in particular.
0: Yeah. Overall, though, um, pretty good job, well, not to spoil it, pretty good job all the way through from both guys mm-hmm. on the commentary. It's not bad, considering it was Jair's birthday, apparently. So, next up, the six-man tag of Tankoji and Homma versus the Bullet Club of Farley, Yajiro, and Jarrett which I guess to cover for the fact that the first match went longer, went shorter than it possibly could have done at only like five minutes or so. And it was pretty much as Santro called. It wasn't on Jarrett. And I think, oh, it was it was sort of nice the way that they actually did it though, to actually have Homer get the win. It was pretty much as you called it. Mm-hmm. Sandro, with the whole Hanma gets the win because the guys are behind him. And hopefully that's momentum going into
4: 2015. Uh, Yeah, basically the finish came um, Yujiro had uh, Hanma, so Jarrett could attack him. Jarrett had the guitar in hand and smashed it, but just in time Hanma got out of the way and Yujiro got the guitar shot. Hanma took out Jarrett and then Haruma hit the Kokeshi, which is the diving headbutt, on Yujiro, and he got the pitfall. I guess I shouldn't be surprised with people, you know, they were like, oh, why is this match so short? Like, what's going on? I guess that shows that people that are not really familiar with New Japan. And I said this on the preview. Do not be surprised. Do not expect this match to be long. Because it's going Mm -hmm. to be short. And that's how it's supposed to be. I don't I'm not I don't want to see like a freaking 10 minute or 15 minute match with the guys involved in this match because it's not gonna happen. Let's be realistic here. I didn't have an issue with the way the match went. I knew it was gonna happen, and I'm glad it did because I didn't want to see this match go as long as it would. Mm-hmm. Uh very happy to see how might get the win in the Tokyo Dome, and it made sense. Um I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was a bit surprised that uh, Jeff came out with uh, his wife Karen. I wasn't really expecting that, but uh, uh, I didn't mind her. TFW, damn it. <laughs> I didn't mind her getting involved. I thought that was. I thought that was good. And it seemed like Hama didn't know... I'm not sure if he didn't knew that it was gonna happen when uh, Karen like slapped him in the beginning of the match because he was like, "What am I supposed to do?" Because <laughs> he seemed like very confused when it happened, I guess. Um, one thing I will mention. Um On the English commentary, uh, Shriker had mentioned uh, that supposedly Yujiro was beloved by the fans. And I'm thinking to myself, when the hell did that ever happen? Because I'm pretty sure that never happened.
0: The only the only people related to Yujiro are beloved. The bikini goes,
4: <laughs> and I will mention that is the same girl he's been bringing, which uh, you know, I guess that's good to be to make it uh, consistent. And I should mention she is a porn star in Japan, so I guess that would make sense for his character. <laughs> so,
0: so uh, now there's gonna be so many people listening. listening. What's the name of that porn star again? Open up Google.
4: <laughs> um one thing I was a bit surprised there was no um there was no uh story with uh tenzan and kojima because obviously we saw what happened at uh, power struggle when they kind of imploded and obviously that didn't occur during the tag world tournament
0: got ditched clearly yeah that didn't occur either koji looked to be in solid well, they, they sort of didn't tease any friction between them at the New Japan not New Japan Cup, the World Tag League. Yeah, there was nothing last month. Nothing
4: occurred. So I don't know, it's a bit odd. So I was a bit surprised by that. But uh Oh and one thing, I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why Scott DeMore was there. He looked completely out of place. <laughs> I I don't know why he was there.
0: You know what that match needed? Bruce, Bruce fucking fuck.
4: Which, don't be surprised if he kind of aligns himself with Jeff Jarrett because, you know, he was a former NWA champion, so... Yeah. But anyways, the match was fine. I don't know why people are going up in arms about this match being so short. It's like, come on.
0: So then next up, we had Team Yano with Toriyano, Yamuchi Marafuji, Mikey Nichols, and Shane Haste taking on... Team Suzuki Gun, of uh, Takashi Iizuka, Shelton X, Benjamin, Lance Archer, and David Boysmith Smith Jr. Unsurprisingly, this didn't go that long, which, knowing who's in it, isn't a surprise. And I guess it was sort of... Well, it wasn't Yano that got the victory, but it was Yano's team that got the victory, with uh, Marafuji hitting his uh, Ko-O on izuka i can't remember did izuka try to go after the commentator or was that completely forgotten about
4: he did not even once try to go in this <laughs> direction i guess it would have been too confusing for the english audience to go why is he attacking him well i mean uh if you noticed um striker had uh kind of mentioned by side saying that uh uh we gotta be careful here <laughs> when izuka was making his way down so he didn't really explain what was going on, but uh, he was kind of expecting something to go down, so I guess the question is, did he plug
0: Toriano's DVD enough?
4: uh no, he didn't yeah, I oh, don't know he didn't,
0: but um, there isn't and needs to be more shilling Matt come on
4: and once again, the people once again are going up in arms about why is this match so short? why is it like this? what's going on?
0: Why do you why do you complain about short matches at WrestleMania? Because you've only got a set time
4: limit, you dumb idiot. And I'm <laughs> and I'm just rolling my eyes like, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck sakes, man. You're not gonna see a long match, especially a Toriano match. Come on, he's a fucking comedy act, and that's all he does, you know? And it's good comedy. That's just people that's like new to New Japan, they're expecting like fucking long matches, and that's not gonna be the fucking case here. I, I, I guess people expect way too much. I guess I don't know. If if a
0: match with Toriyano goes ten minutes, have a heart attack.
4: Well, uh, the match itself, uh, I'm glad it was short. Um, they had their little moments here and there. Uh, one of the things I will mention, um, and I don't know if you noticed, and it was during, uh, I guess it was in the first minute. Uh, I think it was Shane Haste uh, he picked up uh, Lance Archer and he hit the the running power slam. Which was funny because Davey Boy Smith was in the corner. And after Shane Hayes hit the, the power slam, you can tell Shane Hayes fucked up because he gave a look of, oh shit, what the fuck did I just do?
3: <laughs>
4: so I'm pretty sure Davey might have a talk with uh, Shane backstage. but It was kind of awkward when I saw like Oh he wow he did that? Have
0: those backstage videos been put up or have not all of them been put up?
4: Yeah, probably not. But, uh,
0: <laughs> that one didn't get put up because there
4: was a fight, probably. And I gotta say, um I think it was Mikey Nichols. Uh, he got chokeslammed by Lance Archer. Holy shit that he sold it like a million bucks. And from the camera angle that was shot, it looked brutal. So I got to give kudos to both guys there. Uh, Benjamin, yeah, Benjamin was there. You know, you know he was there. That pretty much tells you his New Japan run. So you know. And um,
0: that'll be his epitaph. <laughs>
4: and I got to say, man, the Marufuji beat the crap out of Izuka. Holy shit! Izuka is not a young guy. He's like in his fifties.
0: And I was. I sense that might be happening on the. It uh, might be a fight between those two on the anniversary show.
4: <laughs> and I'm really surprised the way he just kicked the crap out of Izuka. He fucking kicked him on his head, right before he hit the the tiger uppercut knee. <laughs> it was fucking brutal. But it was fun to watch at the same time. So I don't know if they're they're hinting that uh, Izuka is uh, on his way out as far as wrestling is concerned. But uh, <laughs> I was just surprised to see it. Speaking of hard hitting.
0: Match four, the uh, knockout, technical knockout submission. UWFI. Stoppage match. Sakuraba versus Suzuki. This was sort of what you'd expect. Two. It's fair to call them both veterans, isn't it, Sandra?
4: Uh, well, Sakuraba was a veteran in MMA. Yeah, yeah. I, I was certainly in that aspect,
0: that's what I'm thinking about. But it, they have fought in MMA fights, haven't they?
4: Well, this is a UWFI match, so yeah, you could say he was veteran. Yeah. That's what the music was at the end, then. Yeah. The UW- I wondered, like, I've not heard this music before. Yeah, it's the UWFI theme that was played after the match. I got it. And... go ahead. No, I was going to say, we got to talk about Suzuki's awesome look. White. He was, he he came out wearing his old uh, pancreas gear, which is the white. Not only did he wear his old gear, but he also also dyed his hair white. And it was not blonde, because some people said it was blonde. It was not. It was clear white. His hair, I didn't
0: like how as well there were some people
4: on social media going why isn't he wearing blue? It, he had his hair white. He had his eyebrows white. He, This guy went all out. Because it shows that he really cares about having this match. Not only that, but when you saw him came out, I, I don't know if you noticed it, but he looked a bit leaner. Like he lost a, a Good amount of weight. Yeah, he did
0: actually look a bit more. I can't really say slender, but yeah, yeah, he looked he looked a bit more toned than he has done in previous. Certainly with a G one a few months back.
4: That just shows you that he's serious about this match.
0: And you know, I'm sort of surprised that they gave him the whim because quite a lot of people were thinking Sakuraba would go over. But Suzuki, w- I guess the key thing is Suzuki went over with a rear naked choke, but it was a referee stoppage, was it not? I don't think Sakuraba tapped. The ref just had to say, right, that's it. He clearly he clearly isn't going to tap. Fuck it, Suzuki wins.
4: Yeah, um, Suzuki hit the, the Saka Otoshi, which is the reverse judo throw into the rear naked choke. Uh, Sakuraba passed out basically and that's when the ref decides to ring the bell. Uh this match went a bit a bit longer than I expected, you know, about 9 minutes. But uh for what it was, it was actually it was actually good. I will say it was better than what I expected. Um I I really enjoyed how they just decided to beat the crap out of each other at the at the entrance ramp. Uh they went like halfway through the ramp and Decide to to kill each other right over there. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, Suzuki looked good. But, um, I don't know. It looked like uh, Sakuraba wasn't... Uh, he didn't look as good as Suzuki. That's that's all I got to say. But uh, he wasn't uh, lazy or anything. I thought he did it, um, his best to keep up with uh, Minoru with their work shoot. But I thought overall Minoru looked... He fucking looked like a badass in this match. And I haven't seen him. The last time I saw Suzuki wear the, the white gear uh, was when he took on uh, Jun Akiyama in NOAA in 2006 or seven, And that was when Nakiyama was GHC champion. But at that point, he didn't have the white hair. He still had his black <laughs> hair, but he came out in his white gear and everything, so I was really surprised that he came out on the white gear. And like I say, he looked like a fucking badass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so then we get to the first of the title matches, the never open weight title it's challenger Togi Mikabi taking on champion Tomohiro Ishii, and this really was as expected. This was, this was so stiff, even stiffened, starched collars in the president's house were going, holy shit, that is stiff. These guys pretty much beat the shit out of each other. Like uh, we both called last week, Sandra, and it was a pleasure watching (laughs) it. Of course, the obligatory Lobonocker had to view somewhere in this. Of course, Stryker had to like sort of prompt it out of uh JR for him to say it. But no, they really did a there was at least like a couple of minutes right at the start when they were just chopping each other and no selling. It was like this isn't hurting. Come on, beat the shit up. And wow, he did a Brilliant job, and I guess I certainly didn't expect it. But we have a new champion in Makabe Following his King Kong knee drop, I I I thought Ishi could have uh, kept it for a bit longer, but I guess I guess that now means that uh Homa, Ishii and Makabe and Suzuki are probably going to be involved somehow. Uh, in some sort of feud for that never open weight title, because they seem to be the four guys and Sakuraba, of course, who could beat the shit. Yeah, five guys that could beat the shit out of each other.
4: Yeah,
0: that's what that belt should be called—the beating shit out of each other world championship.
4: Well, I got to be honest. I I don't want to see Sakuraba continue in New Japan. I I I hope it's done with the wrestling. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, first off. If you wanted to see a mean guy match, this was the meanest mean guy match. Yeah. They they did not disappoint. They beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> Even with uh, Ishii had uh, the bad shoulder coming into the match. He still gave it his all. Uh, the way the match ended, I, I thought was interesting because not only did, did um, Makabe hit the King Kong knee drop, but He landed his knee on the bad shoulder of Ishii. Which I thought was a smart way to win the match, I will say.
0: And, well, I don't think Ishii fully sold it, did he? Because he was supposed to obviously be completely out. But uh, if you've got a big target with like a bullseye on it, it makes sense for the finisher to sort of use that in the finish so in essence that was good booking from the the guys
4: um like i said um i had said that makabe doesn't need the title because it's he's above it but i was really surprised that he won the belt so i mean obviously we'll talk about it later but obviously one of the main matches for the next pay-per-view is a, a rematch of course which makes me wonder you know why are you going to have it? You know, but, um, I'm not upset that Ishii lost. I was just really surprised that he lost in general because I just wasn't expecting it. But, uh, the match was really good. You know, both of these guys beat the crap out of each other. Uh, now here's one of my complaints. Uh, the English commentary, there were some mispronunciations of the guys' names from, well, it was mostly from J.R. Instead of a uh, Togi, he called him Toji with the J. Uh, I don't know if that was his way to say it, but uh, he didn't say it correctly.
0: Makabe as well, wasn't it? Yeah,
4: he said it a different way as well, which like, come on, man. That's not how you say it. God damn it.
0: It's like Yogi Bear. I know. He said it with
4: a T. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> thought when he said it like, oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, he didn't, um, you had mentioned it that, uh, about the slobber thing. JR said it fully out that, uh, he didn't want to say it, but you know, Matt Striker being a very, um, uh, I guess being too insidery. That's a word. Being too markish. Yeah. Oh, I'll get to that in a bit later.
0: His name isn't even Mark, it's Matt.
4: <laughs> like he tried to get him to say it but you can clearly tell that J.R. did not want to say one of his you know, usual catchphrases because he didn't want to make it be like something different, he wants to be something new so I thought that was a bit annoying from striker trying to get J.R. to say some of his old catchphrases but um, that was just one of my complaints about the English commentary now this now this should have been the intermission in a way But we kind of had one.
0: Yeah, the intermission was the announcements. Which was basically New Japan telling you not everything that's happening in 2014, but a heck of a lot. So this also is sort of news, of course. Uh, So the next big show on pay-per-view will be the first of the two New Beginning shows in Osaka uh, on February the 11th. And then a few days later on February the 14th will be the New Beginning in Sendai.
4: Old Times Day.
0: <laughs> mm. I choo choo choose you. <laughs> uh, the opening of the New Japan Cup starts on March the 5th. And then the finals, uh, in Tokyo at the Otter Ward General Gymnasium. The finals of that cup will be on March the fifteenth in Hiroshima. Uh, New Japan Cup is, is that for the
4: intercontinental? Uh, it depends on the winner. They, oh they okay. Choose. Oh yeah.
0: They, yeah. I, I remember now. Because didn't Nakamura win it and challenge Okada. Yeah. Or no, he challenged Hanahashi, didn't he?
4: He was one of the guys, one of them.
0: Yeah, no, he challenged Hanahashi. People were thinking we'd see the Forbidden Chaos match, and it never happened. So, uh, Invasion Attack 2015 will be April the 5th at uh, Sumo Hall. April the 29th, they'll be having a show at the Grand Messe uh, Kumamoto which I don't think will be live. It's just a big live event, I guess.
4: Yeah, so, it'll be shown on New Japan World, which uh, the reason they mention it, be, it's because it's a venue that they haven't been in a very long time.
0: Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a return for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, a few days after that, we'll be wrestling Dontaku 2015 on May the 3rd at Fukuoka, which was where they were for the final of the World Tag League, wasn't it? I believe so. Uh, Then in May, they haven't said exactly when, but I'm guessing it won't be May the 3rd. uh, In May, New Japan Talents will be heading over to America again for a co-promoted show with Ring of Honor.
4: Now, I can confirm on the Ring of Honor website, if you go on their calendar, there are two dates open For Toronto, Canada. Uh, Apparently they're going to have a double header. At uh, at the Ted Reeve Arena. Which I don't even know why they're having shows there. Because that that venue is not a. It's not a very big venue. I I probably would have preferred. They use the the old Maple Leaf Gardens. Because that has more space. Those dates. Are on Friday. May 15th. And on Saturday, May 16th. Now, so far, there hasn't been any other dates announced or locations for the month of May. Um, now, some people would think their next show is obviously going to be in New York City. But the problem with that is the only current, the only current venue that they're using in New York City is uh, Terminal 5. And that only holds about uh, a thousand... Uh, Uh, About 1,000 people or so. But um, I don't think that would be a good enough venue for a big event like this. I probably would have said you'd probably go back to Hammerstein, but of course, uh, the prices for that are more higher. So there's unfortunate timing that they will not be using that venue. So I don't know if they'll have shows here in New York. I have heard rumblings that they are thinking about having the shows in chicago but we'll we'll probably hear something uh possibly during WrestleMania weekend because that's when they announced uh, the first shows uh, last year yeah so i'm hoping around that time we'll hear something
0: or possibly next month's um pay-per-view
4: mm, i don't know maybe but we'll but possibly by WrestleMania weekend we'll hear something about it
0: uh, then, uh, next, uh, Dominion on July the 5th from Osaka, Joe Hall, which is pretty much Tanahashi's home, home field, isn't it?
4: Yeah, that's in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's in a, uh, I don't remember it was like a 25,000 or a 30,000 uh, seat venue. Which is also an, yeah, another venue. Yeah, is pretty big. Yeah, which is also another venue they're returning in about 10 years.
0: Uh, then the big one was the announcement of the G1 Climax. G1 Climax 25. Starting on July the 20th in Hokkaido. Which makes sense because it's the island that's really far away from the other three islands. <laughs> So it makes sense to start it there. However, the big thing came at the end because it was like, okay, so the finals, they're going to be on August the 14th, door shut, and August the 15th, door shut, and August the 16th at Sumo Hall.
4: Explosions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah three consecutive nights at sumo hall to close this i'm guessing one because it's the 25th anniversary yep or 25th annual tournament i guess because it isn't oh yeah, yeah actually years. it is the
4: the annual not the you know anniversary we're not going WWE. yeah but
0: 30 <laughs> years of wrestlemania makes a lot
4: of sense doesn't it oh yeah not? yeah 29 years you idiot but fuck that we got the g1 climax baby it's so- biggest tournament and um I'm sort of
0: wondering now whether that actually means there's going to be quarterfinals semifinals and finals yeah obviously and that's the approach that they're going because normally it's semifinals isn't it
4: uh we'll see what happens they could do that
0: um it makes sense if it's sumo hall if it's going to be sort of Acknowledging the history,
4: I probably would have preferred if they had a, another shot at the Cebu Dome, but of course, that's not going to happen because you know, last year they had the, the typhoon warning and that kind of affected attendance. But you know, I think if they want to use something like if they wanted to use the the Cebu Dome again, they could probably use it for uh, King of Pro Wrestling in October,
0: yeah. Uh, trying to think, or um. What's the other one that they have close to the end that we had recently? After King of Pro Wrestling? I uh, can't even remember.
4: Well, no, it's just the power struggle. <laughs> That's it.
0: Possibly that one, but then again, I don't know what the baseball season's like. <laughs> I don't know who plays where <laughs> in terms of Japanese baseball or when. So, yeah, that was pretty big announcements, which, of course, the commentators didn't make any big hubbub about. <laughs> but they should have done because no doubt there'll be a lot of people now possibly interested in, you know, signing up for New Japan World.
4: And I I, I love the, the, <laughs> the fucking graphics and everything with the fucking explosions and the, the music in the background. It's like getting you pumped up like, yeah.
0: Get ready Explosions galore!
4: <laughs> I know, I know uh, Adam Martin Of uh, Wrestleview.com He fucking Enjoyed it He loved it
0: <laughs> Unnecessary Explosions <laughs> Spontaneous Combustion <laughs> <laughs> oh, It was actually Pretty Pretty crazy and the way the doors just, like, shut, it reminded me of Robot Wars. Not only that... It was blatantly a bit that they stole from Robot Wars from over here in the UK. A, and then even the gold doors at the end, it's yeah. like, oh, these are special doors. These are special doors.
4: Yeah, anytime they keep changing the doors, but also changing the color, it, it fucking means something. Like, something bad's going to happen. Yeah,
0: like, last year, when it was, like, here's a... T- no, you know, it was... For, wasn't it for the final they had like a date in really tiny numbers yeah and then all of a sudden that it wasn't an explosion but it was just like um oh what's it called no they
4: the, they just saw like the area
0: yeah I mean, but no it was like the screen blew up
4: yeah
0: yeah yeah it was it was in the center and it expanded out and then it was like
4: is the saibu
0: dome <laughs> Somebody knows how to use Windows Movie Maker. They haven't progressed to uh, any of the other stuff from Apple or whatever or Adobe Premiere. It's just, let's use Movie Maker. Explosions. And then straight from that, we jumped into our next title match. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Beyond the Line. We've Suke defending against the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Who clearly was Scott Hall for a night. His mannerisms, his look, it was like Hey yo
4: <laughs> Well, you gotta remember his character is based off, you know, cheesy nineties action villains. That's his character. Yeah. Oh, but his, but also his
0: hair looked a bit too fluffy that he looked like Lucas from the Wizard.
4: But he also had mentioned it. <laughs> he also had mentioned in an interview that um, his look is based of is based off the uh, the Resident Evil games, the villain uh, Wesker, I believe his name is. He certainly had the glasses,
0: he, not the hairstyle. Well, he says that
4: <laughs> he says that's what his character is based off from. So.
0: Oh no, I can see it from the glasses, but it's just the hair that ruins it. Albert Wesker never had massive curly locks
4: <laughs> well well when you're in japan they can have your hair look like whatever color you want so you know he's got the hookup. up
0: <laughs> but this was a pretty good match in itself even the little i think it was omega doing like the too sweet stuff and Teguchi responding with his own too sweet like mocking him uh, you know, they had a good match, mainly because they've pretty, uh, they've met each other multiple times before, haven't they? Uh, Down the line.
4: In, in tag team action, yes.
0: Oh, yeah, because they were former tag team partners.
4: No, 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 no. They were former opponents.
0: All right. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, Omega was tag team with bougie. Was it Abushi? Yeah. Yeah, because they showed it later on in the night. I was like, is that a wise thing to show just to confuse the Western audience?
1: Hey, why where is he friends with this guy?
3: Hmm.
4: Now, some people would say that this match was also a part of the intermission as well because uh, you could tell not many people were into this match. Mm-hmm. And with a good reason. You know, I even said last week that uh, I thought that Toguchi's, uh Reign as junior champion has not been uh, you know the most memorable or the most exciting cuz it's it's kind of bland you know he's he's trying to uh, connect with the audience but it's just not working the <laughs> you can ask anybody that follows Japanese wrestling they'll say that you know Taguchi's just not a good champion and he probably shouldn't be champion he sh- should be uh have like a different character or completely Different uh, character change altogether, but he tried. And I will say, I thought the match was a bit better than what I expected because I wasn't expecting this match to be, you know, good. I thought the match was good. Uh, I thought overall Kenny looked great. I thought Kenny carried the match completely. Um, So the finish came when... uh, Kenny Omega hit the one-win Angel, which is an electric chair into a Mishinoku driver to get the win and becoming the new IWGP Junior Champion. Uh, now, now, I will say, I think the only good thing about Taguchi is this entire match was his uh, video, Titantron. I thought that was the only good thing about Taguchi. Yeah. Also, he's got that pretty cool music. And I'm glad he did not came out with the uh the Pharaoh mask because I thought that looked completely stupid on him. Uh,
0: no, but the, the the like it did seem like Elvis Viva Las Vegas style. Well
4: he's had that theme like for music. a couple of years now, so you know, he's the, the funky weapon, you know.
0: Yeah. And I thought it was I hel- just, just like that music. I I, I thought we might have to use that at some point in the next few
4: months. I thought it was hilarious with uh, Jerry I was like I never thought I would use the phrase funky weapon in my commentary career. <laughs> I thought that was funny when he said that. Um, That's fair. That's fair, though. <laughs> um, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, obviously the young Bucks was in the corner of Kenny Omega. And I don't know if you heard, but there were two things that I have to mention that the Bucks had said. Uh, they were a match. I believe it was Matt uh, who said... Uh, when uh, Kenny was in offense, he said, come on, come on, Kenny, break Eddie Guerrero's neck. <laughs> oh, God's sake. I didn't hear that. You can clearly hear him say that. I'm going to have to go back. and. Which is oh, kind of which word. is kind of funny, which is funny. But in a way, it kind of makes sense because, like I said before, you know, to Gucci looks like Eddie Guerrero circa 2003 with the green tights and everything. Not only that, yeah. but he has even with sort of the uh, the the shake. But he also has like the pretty much the exact same boots that Eddie had around that time. So you know, it's easy to make the comparison. Yeah, and then um. I think it was uh, Matt who also said uh, during the match, he told the ref that you're the worst ref i ever seen.
0: Which is a bit harsh.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bucks... I
0: think the ref from PWG making all those mistakes was bad. Yeah, that's true. Little Patrick Hernandez. That is
4: true. But like I said, I'm happy that Kenny won because it was definitely needed to happen. Um... I don't recall any anything uh, anything that was bad on commentary in this match. I think the, the English commentary was
0: fine. 70th champion. And is that Omega's second time as junior
4: champ? I don't think he's won the singles title. I know he won the junior tag titles and all that. But I think okay, this might be his first might time. Might
0: be his first. That's good. Yeah. Right, uh, I think with that, because of time, we'll have to continue this after, <laughs> after the break, because we've still got so much to cover, but it probably will mean that the final segment will go on longer, but then the first segment was a bit short of usual, so bear with us people, uh, we'll get through it eventually. So more New Japan stuff, uh, more results from New Japan as well, and news, and then these are a few shows happening this weekend plus some news as to next week's show coming up in the final part of this week's whole indie show here on the SNS Radio Network
1: Say your prayers and ate your vitamins, then you'll love the Hulkamania Chronicles. Sean Beckerman, host of Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, breaks down the history and career of the legendary Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Each edition covers a different era in the history of the Hulkster As we relive our childhood hero from the beginning of Hulkamania in the mid 80s and the birth of WrestleMania through the challenging times of the steroid trial all the way to his jump to WCW and the formation of Hollywood Hogan and the New World Order. And then his return to the WWF leading in to the Hall of Fame. This edition covers it all. You can catch the Hulkamania Chronicles exclusively on Beyond the Bell here on the SNS Radio Network, Brother.
5: Hey, guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that, personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to uh, donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the SNSRadioNetwork.com main page, scroll down, There is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us, but your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network, spend a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network. www.snsradionetwork.com, providing you with free podcasts since 2010. Are you a fan of the SNS Radio Network? Want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS Network? Well, let me tell you how. You can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS Radio Network. On Twitter, follow us at SNS Radio Network. You can follow me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore jj sex a one these are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the sns radio network
1: hey there listeners of the sns radio network my wife here now, as most of you listeners know, I happen to promote my own albums every now and again. And the latest one is now available. Yes, Dream Sphere. The musical journey that takes you through the realm of fantasy is now available at mindwipestudios.info. 14 tracks plus a couple of bonus tracks all available for the neat little price of 10 bucks US. $10 US or A. Day. So check it out today. It's got some great tracks including Witchwood, Dream Sphere, Lights of Dragons and many, many more. Sphere, available at Just give me the
2: teas and we be clubbing y'all. Y'all make who please and we be talking now. now. Sipping in the sea and we be bubbling y'all. Set so to minor we gotta take it slow. So when the city has yes, been provoking smoking
3: for recreation get the
2: best welcome
0: back to the final part of this week's whole indie show with Ashley and Sandro We've got to get through this quickly because we've only got so much time. So we continue on with Wrestle Kingdom 9. And next up, the IWGP tag titles are on the line with Bullet Club of Anderson and Gallows taking on Mayu tag of Hiroki Goto and Katsuyo Shibata. And this is a pretty good one. Sandro, I'll let you talk because I'm about to sneeze. Muting Mike. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Uh so yeah this was actually a pretty good match here. Um we have new champions as Hiroki Goto and Katsuyori Shibata wins the match after Shibata hits the PK on Gallows uh to win the match and become the new IWGP Tag Team Champions. Um 365 days is a pretty
0: good reign though.
4: Yes it is and um I'm very happy because finally Shibata has a title and I should mention this is actually the first uh, title that he's has that he has in New Japan he's never won any other title before this, so uh it's good that uh, Shibata finally wins a title um
0: oh, that's why he was so desperate to get the belt on him.
4: <laughs> well, it's a good way to start off, yeah, uh yeah, we should mention that uh the champs at the time were not alone, not only were they accompanied by uh tabatanga. But they were also accompanied by the bullet babe, Amber O'Neill, who made her her New Japan debut. Amber Gallows. Yeah. Yeah, Amber Gallows. Technically, it is. Yes, you're right. Which, um, you know, she looked great. And uh, I think she only got involved once because I think she slapped, uh, I think it was Goto. While Goto was uh, tied up in the ropes. And the cameras just kept looking at her ass. I think they only did it like maybe like on two occasions. I don't think they did it that yeah. much. Not like not, <laughs> that was quite not like what they did with Maria, I'll say that. No, not as much. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, um I thought this was probably the the best performance from gallows in in this entire run of New Japan, I will say that. And um I was a bit disappointed there was no special um not really say entrance, but like something Something special in the trunk because usually, you know, Anderson has, like, you know, his pretend machine gun and then shoots on the big screen and then, like, Gallo shoots, like, a, a rocket on and then explode, you know, something like that. We didn't get that, unfortunately, because of timing, I guess, because of us here in North America, of course, so we had to fuck it all up, but, uh, but what it was, it was a pretty good match, and, um, Anderson looked great, as always, in the ring, and, um, uh commentary uh i thought jr uh did a good job in uh putting over both gallows and anderson not only as a tag team but also as a uh, single competitors as well um uh, commentary for this was fine though i had no issues with it
0: yeah so then we have tetsuya Naito versus aj And, you know, it was a good match from both of them as well. They really did a good job, and I don't know whether the right man won. Because if anything, this really goes to show that, in essence, Naito is the Dolph Ziggler of New Japan.
4: Yeah, it seems like he's going to be the, you know, the bridesmaid and never the bride for Naito. Yeah. Uh, i gotta say I actually enjoyed the the pre match video package that they had, and it made a j look like a like a, like the guy you have to hate because of his <laughs> uh, his styles clash, which i don't even think they even did a good job at that because it was completely the opposite because the the people love a j styles, mm. and you could tell when he came out uh, in the entranceway he had a pop. The crowd is... He had a bigger pop than Naito, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he (laughs) did. And obviously that was not the way the, you know, Jado and Gato wanted, but um, like I said, the the fans are just loving AJ Styles, obviously because of his in-ring work and to show, like, he's not a a gaijin to us. He's, He's one of us, one of New Japan, you know? And I I thought the way that they portrayed AJ in, in the video package, I thought they did a great job on it. So definitely kudos to the production team with that. The match itself was, it was good, but I thought it wasn't better than their G1 match last year in the summer. I thought that match was a bit better, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, there was one spot, and I know you noticed it, uh, when AJ went for the suplex, but he didn't like land on his back. He just let Naito land flat, and like Naito, <laughs> he almost like hurt himself. Which I don't know if they were playing to the fact about you know AJ being uh, a dangerous wrestler or something. I don't know, but it looked brutal.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, actually, there's a moment like that which we, which will come up later.
4: And I thought the way the ended nearly was a Styles Clash moment. <laughs> and I thought the way they ended the match, I thought it was pretty good with a super style Clash mm. off the turnbuckle. So I thought that was pretty good, especially in the Tokyo Dome. And look, it wasn't even bloody botched. <laughs> yeah. For those of you saying, "Oh, you can't
0: do it anymore," he did it this time. When he's on the big stage, he did it and did it damn good. All right. Very good match. I will say. And then we get to the double main event. Yep. First up, the Intercontinental Championship. Shinsuke Nakamura defending against Statue of Liberty. No, um, defending against Kota Ibushi. I love the fact it's like Nakamura is a fan of Freddie Mercury. So why was he dressed up like the Statue of
4: Liberty? Come on, don't be one of those people. Seriously? I get the cape. The cape is very Freddy.
0: Crown, not so much. (laughs) It just shows that he's the king. Come on. Yeah, and after this match, he wasn't even king. He went up to God, bitches. Because bloody hell. I, I don't even know whether, spoilers, this or the main event was actually match of the night. Because these two did a fantastic job. It was you know, weird seeing Kota being healed, but he was doing it brilliantly. And that's the other confusing thing as well. If sh- if Nakamura's chaos and Okada's heel, then surely he's heel. Oh wait, he's Nakamura. Everybody fucking loves him. Of course. Uh, one of the spots with a bougie, when had he, But did he put on a neck hold or something? It was some sort of submission hold, which he let go of, and then he just started basically kicking Nakamura in the face.
4: Oh, there were several just times. Mockingly. That oh, in the in the corner sunbrockle? Is that what you mean? He was on the mat. Oh.
0: He was just like, you know, endlessly kicking him in the face. Well that, and the referee was like, I can't do anything. Yeah, that was in the end of retaliation, which uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to in a bit. <laughs> that that just spot alone was like this is really showcasing him to be the heel in this match. And you know, it went for 20 minutes. It felt like 40. <laughs> and that isn't a bad thing. Because, wow. I think, um... I haven't heard Meltzer's review, but there are rumors of 5-star for this match. Which is understandable. Because, holy shit, it was a damn good match.
4: Well, uh, first off, I, I could I really don't care for, like, star ratings, that doesn't mean shit to me. Um, I've probably seen this match about five times already. Uh it's Still good though. I, I've seen the English commentary. And of course, I saw the real commentary, which is the Japanese version. And Whew. I think the Japanese version, you can hear the crowd more louder. That yeah, idea, obviously they, they
0: don't need to mute them out as much. You could hear those sh- people shouting for both of them, though. Even though Kota was acting healed, there were, like, women shouting for Ibushi or Kota, you heard that. And as well as Nakamura shouts. And you know, I did like the fact that at the end of the commentary, they were really putting over, you know... Nakamura made Ibushi tonight. I don't know whether they're trying to angle it towards Ibushi, trying to go for a a, a heavyweight ch- challenge somewhere down the line. because I don't think he's ready for that just yet, but I think Ibushi has made himself certainly be in the top tier now rather than the junior category
4: uh first off, i thought the the video package before the match was really good as well uh showing the uh, the story uh, at least from nakamura's point of view of you know this is a guy coming from a a joke of a promotion of ddt saying he doesn't take him seriously because you know he fights in the woods he fights in apartments he he had a match with a blow-off doll how can i take this guy seriously Fights in a car park, fights in a swimming pool. <clears throat> so I understand um Nakamura and his point of view and I Koda saying that uh, I'm here to to prove him, bro. I'm trying to I'm here to prove that I can go toro to toe with him and I sh- I do belong here in New Japan. The entrance. Oh my god, the entrance was fucking awesome. <laughs> I loved Nakamura's entrance. Is the the stuff that he was wearing the long cape that he had, the crown? Not that he was looking like Statue of Liberty, like everybody else is saying, because that's not it. He looks like a king. That's his. That's the whole point of it. God, I fucking, that that really took me off over on the social media. I think. <laughs> fucking people that are fucking new to the problem, like fuck sakes, people. It's just a fancier crown than I am used to. You
0: know, <laughs> I wish the queen had a crown like that here in the UK. She
4: don't. <laughs> well, that was the point. He's the king of strong style. That was the whole point of the get up. And obviously he's the king of the swag because that's what he has. He's nothing but swagger. And that's what I love about Nakamura. The the, the charisma, the character. He's just a fucking man. That's all he is. He's a badass like JR had said. The match itself, you know, like I said, I watched this match like five times already. I actually watched the match right before we even recorded. Like, it was that fucking good. Uh, you know, you had uh, Nakamura being Nakamura, you know, uh letting his opponent, you know, letting his guard down when he seems like he doesn't care, which they cost him eventually, but... I thought it was good when uh, uh, Ibushi was like taunting Nakamura, doing his moves, doing his signature moves. You know, like the 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 boot choke in the corner and shaking around. Like he had a seizure and everything. That that was great. But like Nakamura no sold it and just punched him right then and there. (laughs) The stiff shots going back to each other. You know, which looking back on it, and I know Kota tried to go toe to toe with him at one point. But to me, when that occurred, and like Nakamura was like. Bitch, please, that shit ain't done shit to me. It made him seem to me like, e- I don't know if Coda's ready to go heavyweight because <laughs> it just didn't seem to work at certain points of the match. But he tried and he went toe-to-toe. Uh, I think one of the spots that I did enjoy was when Coda, uh hit a deathlift German off the, the top top rope. Which I thought looked pretty good. And I was very impressed because I didn't I didn't expect them to pick him up from that vantage point.
0: Yeah, considering his size and obviously Nakamura's size.
4: Um, you know, like I said, those stiff shots that both guys gave to each other, even though I, I think Nakamura just beat the crap more out of Ibushi, because you can tell, not only with the knee strikes, but also with the kicks, the stiff punches the straight punch especially that he gave to Ibushi at one point was fucking ridiculous uh, you had Ibushi you know he, he hit his own Bumbaye on Nakamura like a very fast version of it but of course Nakamura just kicked out at one give. You know, like I right, motherfucker please don't even try it don't even try it this match was just fucking awesome from start to finish uh, you you know you had Nakamura hitting a, a super boombay off the the turnbuckles uh, at one point, and not that many people know, but uh, when Nakamura hit uh basically a, a super death valley driver, that move was actually his original finisher in his early years, and he hasn't done it ever since he you know became his new persona. So that move is very significant, and you can tell that the crowd popped because he hasn't done that move in years. So I thought that was a very good thing to, that he did that. And obviously, you know, the, the English commentary doesn't pick up on that because they don't know his you know, his history. So well, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a pass on that because they probably don't know. But they probably should mm, know In the same significance, time. Significance, yeah. But I thought that was really good. Nakamura pulling out his old moves to see if he could take out Ibushi, but obviously that occurred. And then eventually, you know, uh, Nakamura hit like a third Bumbaye to get the win. You know, just a fantastic match overall. And I think also one of the moves that I popped for was I think Ibushi was like trying to like clothesline him and then he caught him and managed to roll him up into a in Armbar Submission, which I thought looked fucking great. The way that they moved, it was just so awesome. And then after the match, Nakamura got on the mic, and he said that, uh you know, I thought you were a joke, but uh, tonight you proved that you do belong in New Japan. And he basically uh, put him over, and then they, you know, they fist pumped <laughs> at the end. Um I thought that was a nice way to kind of put him over. And also, I don't know if you noticed, uh, during nakamura's awesome entrance on the background on the titan tron on the screen they had like a a deck of cards and on each of the card it had a pretty much mm, the people that nakamura have faced in his past and when they showed ibushi ibushi's card was labeled as the joker (laughs) obviously because of where he came from ddt yeah so i thought that was pretty cool but definitely, we're not even like the first half of the month in and we already have match of the year contender right here. <laughs> and to me, hands down, this is definitely match of the night.
0: And, you know, not to say that the main event was crap, because no, no. the IWGB Heavyweight Championship match between Tanahashi and Okada was... I'm trying to think back to the match they had 2 years ago. And whether it was as good as that. Can't honestly remember it off the top of my head. I do. It's been a couple of years, but uh certainly it went by the looks of it it went exactly 30 minutes. by chance and they did a really good job. The one spot that I really sort of was worried about, though, was, um, and Jr was really on his top form for these last two. It was like old school, you know, attitude-era, Jr for these, you know, for the match we just covered uh, Nakamura Bushi, and then this one when it was like the to- when Okada was going for the Tombstone.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And Tanahashi reversed it. And you could clearly tell that Tanahashi didn't have him up high enough. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. Please. Please don't do it wrong. And Okada, clearly thinking it was not a style clash, tugged his head. And luckily, didn't suffer a broken neck because of it. You know, when he be- when he bent his neck right at the last minute, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Because <laughs> for a split second, I thought, "Oh my word!" And Okada, you know, throwing his drop kick, which you know, still still can't get old. And the amount of times that Tanahashi hit the high fly flow. Was, like like was four or five times ridiculous. Yeah, including the spot when he jumped from the top turnbuckle out over the barrier onto uh, Okada, who was on the concrete mm-hmm. in front of the front. Well, before he got to the front row. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. the The fact that Tanahashi, who's what late forties, he's close to it. Late forties, mid to late forties. Managed to get that distance. He's about to. He's
4: about to. Uh, I'm sorry. He's in his uh, late 30s, going into his 40s. Oh, Okay. It's
0: just because people say he's seen us. so I'm guessing he must be in his. <laughs> well, he
4: was already banged up halfway through the match. You can tell.
0: Yeah. But. You know, it was a really impressive match. It was worthy of being a main event quality match. Jr. Clearly didn't know about the t- guitar thing at the end. Okada was like in floods of tears which he sold that brilliantly because I think the the key thing was and I mentioned it a few minutes ago this was exact and, and last week as well this is a carbon copy of Wrestle Kingdom 7 literally because Okada was G1 Climax winner and lost to Tanahashi So well, I mean, they say
4: lightning never strikes twice. Just did. Well, I mean, at that time, I don't think Okada like went in tears at the end of that time. But uh, well, first off, um, uh, the video package I thought it was uh, pretty good. Uh, basically, telling the story of uh, Tanahashi's rise in the uh, New Japan promotion, and then uh, showing the, <clears throat> you know, Okada's uh past history with with the Tanahashi and their past matches. And I thought the the video production was just great overall, especially whenever Okada was on screen. I thought he looked you know, he looked like a fucking superstar. Let's be realistic. Not as uh, where where was that hole? <laughs> it looked pretty cool, I'm not going to lie. The the whole, the whole setting the looked great.
0: Awesome hole.
4: Yeah. And of course Okada looking like, you know, he was on the magnet of GQ or something, but you know, he's a remaker yeah. so it makes sense.
0: No, but that, that's what I'm saying. That like great, it it was like a hallway in, like a museum or something. Yeah, it's like or like a man, you know, like a royal mansion. It's like he's truly the Rainmaker, just you know, living in this giant mansion and whatever. Oh, well,
4: for all we know, it could be his house. Who knows? <laughs> you never know.
0: But uh um, considering how much he's on the road, I don't think he's in it much, which would explain why it's so clean. So you never
4: know. Um now the match itself, the match was was good. Um although I don't think it was better than some of their previous matches. I don't think it was better than their King of Pearl Wrestling match uh big like two years ago. I don't think it was uh better than their previous Wrestling Kingdom match. I would probably put it in the middle on their previous matches I, I would put this match in the middle it was good but it just wasn't as great than what the previous matches were yeah um really great back and forth i was really surprised the you know because i said that um tanahashi was pretty much banged up for halfway through the match you could tell i'm really surprised that he went the way he continued with the match i'm surprised he didn't get fucking hurt after the match but um I thought when uh, when Jr, you know, he fucking popped when uh, Okada hit the drop kick. I was like, "Wow, he was he's into it," <laughs> you know. Jesus Christ, son. yeah. Send you a drop kick. He was like, "Oh my god, there it is, the best drop in the business." Oh my god, I was like, wow, he's oh. into him. That's great.
0: It was like that bit when he marked out like crazy when Michael was super kicked. Shelton Benjamin, when he went for the uh, the springboard off the ropes. Mm. It's like, sweet chin music, it is like a gimmick. <laughs> it's like, okay. So what you're trying to tell us is that move is supposed to be bloody awesome.
4: I was really surprised that Tanahashi won the match, because I was really expecting Okada to win the match, and to, like, you know, I guess in a way break his streak because like I said Okada I mean Tanahashi hasn't <laughs> hasn't lost a match in Tokyo though in quite some time so I thought this would have been a perfect opportunity for Okada to kind of break that you know, somewhat of a streak going on um, I don't know whether where we're going with it but from what I'm guessing Okada is gonna gonna have to rebuild himself and basically climb his way back from the bottom. That's what it seems like what they're going with.
0: Well, yeah, on what the commentary was saying, it seemed like that was what AJ did. Because after AJ won, they kept saying, AJ's got a a legitimate claim to be in a title hunt now. I was sort of going, okay, that's a bit weird. Then clearly it was the case if they had notes, which we'll get to in a minute. (laughs)
4: Uh, I thought it was interesting to see that Okada was in tears, but at the same time it kind of made sense because he was, you know, talking about how he was going to beat Okada uh, Tanahashi, excuse me, and you know, reclaim his title in Tokyo Dome. So I thought that was a a very good um our reaction from for what the match told. And then all of a sudden, after that, Tanahashi was on the mic and says, "Hey, Okada, this just shows that you're not on my level." And you're not worth to regain this title. And I was like to myself, man, what a dick Tanahashi is being right now. Because that's how he came off across on the mic. It's a
0: WrestleMania 13 moment. The heel became the face, and the face became the heel.
4: And uh, you know, it kind of it shows like a, in a way, a heel Tanahashi. And uh, I was like, wow, I can't believe he did that. But at the same time, uh, I believe it was when uh, the first match when uh, Okada won the title from Tanahashi, uh, Tanahashi kind of did like something similar to that. So I guess in a way, it's it's a payback in a way for what he did in the past.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But like I said, it, it made Tanahashi look like a complete dick and a heel. So that was, you know, that was different for what it was. But um, overall... Uh, I thought it was a good show. Uh, I'll be honest; I don't think it was like the best show overall from start to finish. Uh, there yeah. were a couple of issues I had with it.
0: It was missing the, the lavishness of previous Wrestle Kingdoms. That again, that was because of time constraints. Yeah,
4: that and like the early half of the matches. You know, as I said, I was expected to go short, but like it was not like something like like they're important to watch. You know what I mean? yeah aside from the opening match, which I thought was really which I thought was good, I thought the other the other matches were filler, and that's all it was you know, just filler you know the junior title match was filler as well, so that didn't really pique my interest at all but even though I knew you know Omega was gonna win the title, it was just that the match overall had like no interest in me um the English commentary um they were They were good, I will say. Not to say that they were excellent, because it really wasn't. There were a few issues I had. Um, You know, with Stryker, it was mostly Stryker. You know, tried to make (laughs) some remarks and everything here and there. That was my... I was hoping he wasn't going to do that, but unfortunately he did. Uh, JR, um, he kind of struggled for a bit for like the first couple of matches, but I think as the show went on, he kind of got in his zone and he did he did really good. But there were, like I said, a couple of mispronunciations from the some of the Japanese names, which bothered me. They they, they did they did alright. Uh my grade overall uh I'll I'll give it a B plus to be honest. A B plus for me. Match of the night, of course Nakamura and Ibushi honorable mentions to the main event. Uh the the Ishi Makabe match and the uh opening four way tag match.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna be a bit a bit kinder and give it an A minus. Uh, it loses a bit because yeah, some of those matches on the first half. Really it was matches. Two and three that really was the the ones that I didn't really care about. Everything else I didn't actually mind. You know, I thought was good. And then, you know, in, in terms of uh, contenders for match of the night, uh, the never open weight one is there. The opener for the junior tag belts. Uh, to some extent, the tag match as well. Uh, Naoto and AJ did a very good job. Nakamura and Ibushi did an excellent job. I think that is match of the night. But, yeah, Ricardo Tanahashi was good as well. The fact that by chance it went 30 minutes exactly was sort of fortuitous,
4: though. <laughs> oh, and one thing I, I completely forgot. Uh, in the opening match, the Bucks did hit the Demoto driver. Because mm. they knew he was watching. <laughs> and it, it, it was unfortunate that it wasn't the finish because, you know, and I don't say that they, the person kicked out or anything. It was just broken up. But it was nice to see it. And I was happy to see
0: it. So, uh, we jump into the New Year Dash results now. Which happened the day after at Currican Hall. Yes. Which was overcrowded, so it was probably... I don't think Super No Vacancy Four houses is the term, is it?
4: It kind of sounds like it.
0: <laughs> super no Vacancy, it might be. So, we had... Taichi and Takamishinoku beating Tiger Mask 4 and Show Tanaka. Uh, Red Dragon beat Forever Hooligans. With uh once again a chasing the dragon on Kozlov.
4: I think that shows that uh uh that shows that uh, the hooligans are out as far as the uh, title contingency, so they're not gonna be around in the title scene.
0: Uh team Suzuki gun Got the win over uh, Team Non-Suzuki Gun.
4: <laughs> team New Japan.
0: Yeah, Team New Japan uh, with Lance Archer getting the win with a killer bomb on Captain New Japan. However, afterwards, Minoru Suzuki called out Noah following the win over his group at Wrestle Kingdom 9. So could that mean Suzuki versus Fuji?
4: No, well, maybe, but uh, I should mention that uh, Suzuki uh, changed his look. He's back to his old black hair and everything. He didn't have the white hair. Oh, he died it yeah. quick then. In 24 hours. <laughs> it, it's fucking amazing. I'm telling you. You know, Japan, they got the hookup and everything. Yeah. Um, I have no issues with this. Uh, I think uh, Killer Elite Squad will fit in fine with uh, Noah because, let's face it, ever since uh, Bullet Club has been tag champions, they've, they've pretty much been non-existent in New Japan. So I think this part would be yeah. good for KES. I think, I think they have a good feud with uh, TMDK. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, you know, he's there. So I guess <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be the same in Noah. Exactly. He'll, he'll just be there.
0: Uh, then the NWA World Junior title match. Uh, Jushin Fung Deliger retained against El Desperado with a vertical fall style brain buster. Afterwards, Liger nominated Tiger Mask 4 to be potential next contender. Eek. Yeah. I, who knows? Uh, I don't want to see that. Uh, the Time Splitters and Taguchi beat Bullet Club of Omega and the Young Bucks after Kashida hit a Japanese leg roll clutch hold of a German suplex. I don't know who won. But uh, Taguchi called out Omega for a rematch for the IWGP Junior Belt, which might be a hint. Uh, Okada and Yano lost to Bad Luck Fale and Tamatonga, with Fale hitting the Bad Luck Four on Okada. Yeah, and uh, 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 Okada really seems to be
4: on the shit on the shit wheel. (laughs) Uh, Judging from a few gifts that I saw, he got. He got beat the crap out of the entire match. Uh, I remember there was one spot where uh, Tonga and uh, Fale hit a uh, a double team of a, a spear lariat combination on Okada. and oof, Like I said, they just beat the crap out of Okada. It seems like they're building the... Um, I guess basically, in a way, it's basically the Daniel Bryan storyline where he just gets beat up and... He's going to fight his way back to the top. That's pretty much where they're yeah. going with Okada. <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> then in the six-man tag action, Nyuji uh, Nagata, Kota Ibushi, and Togi Mikabe beat uh, Tomohiro Yishi, Yoshihashi, and Shinsuke Nakamura with Nagata hitting Yoshihashi with a backdrop hold. Which makes sense. Afterwards, Nagata challenged Nakamura for the belt.
4: I will say that does have my interest.
0: Yeah. In more ways than one for me.
4: Oh, that'll
0: be good. And the main event saw uh, Bullet Club of AJ, Anderson, Gallows, and Yujiro beat Team New Japan of Tanahashi, Goto, Chibata, and Naito after Styles hit the Styles clash on Tanahashi. Not botching it, for those of you wondering. Obviously, after this, Styles challenged Hiroshi for the belt, which we'll get to that in a minute. But there were a few people with Bullet Club that night as well, wasn't there?
4: Yes. uh, Before the match, Carl Anderson, uh, I guess, introduced a new member of the Bullet Club. As I know, there are some people rolling their eyes like, oh, another one. Uh, they introduced uh, Cody Hall, the son of Scott Hall. But he said that Anderson had said that he's not going to wrestle on a full time basis. He's basically going to be the young boy for a Bullet Club. And he has to earn his way to get a Bullet Club shirt. So uh, he's probably going to be in the dark matches, just like the other young Lions. But uh, I think that's a good way. Uh, for somebody different, basically, and they, if they want to get into Bullet Club, I think that's a that's a good way to start. So I don't mind that. Uh, speaking of uh, young lions, during this past week, there was also another guy roaming around in Japan. Some people were confused because they thought it was Cody Hall, but it's not. It's actually a wrestler from New Zealand called Jay White, if I'm not mistaken. Now, uh, this guy, as I said, is from New Zealand. And judging from a few uh, pictures fr- from what I've seen of this guy, uh, I'm assuming he has connections to uh, Bad Luck Fale because, of course, he's also from uh, New Zealand. So I'm assuming that's where the he managed to get a a role in uh, New Japan. And just to double check, his name is Jay White. Uh, he's been wrestling for a couple of years in New Zealand. So uh, he's also going to be one of the young lions for New Japan. And he's also staying in the New Japan dojo. So it should be interesting to see what uh, he's going to bring uh, to New Japan. I should mention he's not with Bullet Club. is on the New Japan he is just the Gaijin. Yeah, he's just a part of New Japan because he has the lion mark and everything. So, don't worry. So, uh,
0: in terms of news that came out afterwards from all that, um, quite a few things going on with the Fantastica Mania shows. Uh, they start on the 13th, which is Tuesday. Yes. And progress on through to uh, the 19th, which is next Sunday, I think, isn't it?
4: 19th? Uh... No, no, that's on a Monday.
0: Monday. <clears throat> However, sandwich in the middle of it is the Fantastica Mania Tag Tournament with some interesting pairings. Uh, most of them are. Uh, CM Double Talon. But there are a few mix-ups. Um, just going through the first round ones rather than... And I think uh, Ray Kometa and Stuka Jr. Take on Babaro, Cavanario, and Mr. Niebla. Volador Jr. and Stigma face Ultimo Guerrero and Gran Guerrero. That Granny Guerrero there. I don't know. Uh, Triton and Mystico take on Polvora and Mephisto. And Mascara, Dorada, and Atlantis take on Tetsuya Naito and La Sombra. So I guess that's the only Japanese team in it.
4: Uh, First off, La Sombra's had some matches in New Japan this year, hasn't he? Yeah, he had a a ton of matches last year. Uh, I will say, first off, I'm very happy to see that Mr. Niebla is making a, a tour with New Japan. Uh, I think it's a bit long overdue, and I'm hoping, because I don't see him on the card here that's listed, I'm hoping he has some sort of interaction with Toro Yano, because the combination of Yano and Nebula is comedy gold. (laughs) I hope they have some kind of interactions. I don't see Toro on the card at
0: all. That's a damn shame. Anywhere down the line for some reason. Uh, Also on that card, the World Light Heavyweight Championship will be on the line as uh, Angel de Oro defends the belt against Okumura, apparently. Uh, Another title uh, on the line on the show on the 18th, the NWA World Historic Welterweight Championship. Volador Jr. defends against Gran Guerrero. And the Mexican National Light Heavyweight title on the line as Mephisto takes on Stukard. Uh, Defends against Tucker Junior. There's also a Black
4: Cat memorial match. Which Black Cat died? Oh, that was like a couple of years ago. He's uh, well, he kind of he had that persona in Triple A, and uh, oh no,
0: yeah, I vaguely remember he went missing, didn't he?
4: No, no, he he came back to Japan and he was a, a referee uh, until a couple oh, of years okay. ago. I thought it was somebody
0: like the Black Cat that was, was a name like that that went missing, or. Something. Okay, I, don't, Japan, I don't know what he's talking about, uh, about there. I remember something that I think I read somewhere in the last few years. We might have talked about it. I can't remember ages ago. But that's an interesting match as uh, Stigma and Mystico team up with Tanahashi to take on Polvara, Nakamura and Okada. So that actually is. I mean, there's quite a there's quite a bit of stuff going on. With Japanese talent Gado and uh jado uh or Yado sorry, and Gado um in action on various nights as well uh then the road to the new beginning actually starts on January the thirtieth and goes on through till uh February the eighth uh, They have got a show at Kuracan Hall on the first of February as well as part of that block and then, in terms of the new beginning shows. <clears throat> the osaka one on the 11th of february has red dragon defending their belts against the time splitters and the young bucks in a free way omega defends his title in a rematch against Ryosuke taguchi for the RWTP junior belts Bullet Club of Anderson and Gallows get their rematch against Goto and Chibata for the IWGP tag belts. And Hiroshi Tanahashi takes on AJ Styles for the IWGP heavyweight belt on that show as well. And then at Sendai, the other three titles will be on the line, sorry, four, as the NWA World Junior title will be on will be up for grabs. As Jushin von der defends against former champion Chase Owens. So that means Bruce Farp is going to be there. Yes. <laughs> this is what I wanted all along. <clears throat> uh, Rob Conway defends the NWA world title against Hiroshi Tenzan. So we're
4: going to get Bruce start Bruce twice in show.
0: Yeah, but are we going to get a new champion in Tenzan?
4: Eh, who knows?
0: Is that how we split up Tenkoji? I have to say. Yeah, I don't really care. Uh, Tommy Arishi gets his rematch against Togi Makabe for the never title. And it's Yuji Nagata versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the intercontinental title.
4: Um, before we end this, uh, move on. Uh, I know some people are wondering uh, if this is going to be another North American pay per view. Um,. From what I'm hearing, uh, GW, uh, GW, <laughs> GFW, um, supposedly the next pay per view they want to do is from Triple Triple A for Triple Mania, which is on That's September. Which used to be in June, then they they moved the date last year in August or September. I don't know why, but uh, they're thinking of showing that for the next pay per view. Uh, some people have said that if they were going to do another one for New Japan, they would do it for the G1. That's a bit too far, in my opinion. If they wanted to do another one for New Japan, I would say use it for the Invasion Attack pay-per-view in April. I would say that would be a, a better option if they want to use another New Japan pay-per-view. Of course, that's that depends on the buy rates uh, for the North American shows. So depending if it's a success... With the numbers that they have predicted, then it's a possibility. But uh, we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, and I'd have liked
4: to have seen GFW doing
0: more than another show cause... Well,
4: I mean, Jeff Jarrett says that they're actually going to have their own shows, but they never said when. So I mean, I don't know.
0: I think that would be more towards late if they're trying to do it like a television thing. It's gonna be more like when the new seasons air, so that'll be like in the fall.
4: For those people that were like new to New Japan, like you want to follow the product, go to New Japan World website. Yeah. Sign up for their (laughs) network. The best advert for New Japan World ever. (laughs) It's eight dollars and chump change in the US. Just do the conversion. Not
0: only do you get the live shows if you want to see them live, of course they'll be archived as well, but you pretty much got the entire history. Yeah. So some of the other matches that we've talked about, like the the Wrestle Kingdom 7 match between Tanahashi and Okada, you can watch it. Uh, You can watch the infamous Gracie Brothers in action at last year's Wrestle Kingdom. No, no, no. Nobody wants to watch that.
4: (laughs) No, not not watch that. (laughs) And uh, for those that are, you know, some of those people saying that, oh, it's all Japanese, I kind of understand it, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I do I remember somebody saying that um, as I'm going on the website uh, on the bottom of the page there is an option for an English translation so it's obviously subtitles only but
0: well, the, there is some sort of way you know that what the commentators are saying
4: so. I've read um, from the observer they're in talks of doing English commentary over the the content that's in uh, in the Japan World, it's just a, a matter of time of who they are thinking of getting and you know dubbing over the the matches. Mm-hmm. And as I hit the English uh, section, um, pretty much yeah, everything is in English. Except for the uh the main graphics of course. There's a live streaming options, uh past archives, movies, whatever that means, original content, special issues, columns, reports.
0: Uh the- Oh movies might be that uh documentary that they have. Yeah,
4: I think that's what it is. Yeah. But uh Yeah, sign up for In Japan World. It's it's definitely worth it.
0: Like the WWE Network. Only cheaper and more on it. (laughs) So, yeah, there you go. Now let's move on. Yeah, got a little bit of time left. So preview this weekend show starting off with uh, the FIP Evolve block happening down in Florida. So this Friday night will be a double header with FIP and Evolve. Uh, it starts off with FIP's Kickoff 2015. Not bad. Uh, I don't know how much tickets are, but all I do know is if you buy your tickets for the one, you get in the other for free. So, in essence, you're getting at least five hours roughly of wrestling, or four in a bit, let's say. So, at seven will be the Kickoff 2015 Show for Follow-Up Pack Pro. With Heverlyn and Joanna Rose, hostessing Sing Sing, hostessesses sing. That's the thing. Uh, on the card, we've got Jesus de Leon versus Bolt Brady, Jody Christopherson versus John Wayne Murdoch. A rematch from the finales of the Fallout show from 2014 with the submission squad of Abinashi, Ab- Pierre Abernathy, Gary Jay, and Evan Jalistico taking on Lindsay Dorado and Dos Bendejos of Cruz and Rios. Uh, the FIP champion Rich Swann will be in action, but we don't know against who. And also, the Juicy Product defend their FIP tag belts against the Savages. Which, after the comments that they made a few months back, could be a fight. A big fight. Uh, and then afterwards will be Evolve 36, which will be on iPay-Per-View. For this one, we've got Biff Busick versus Trevor Lee. AR Fox and Uha Nation. Hmm. Please don't go. Uh, taking on Harlem and Lancelot the Bravado. Rich Swan will face Tony Nese in a 10-minute flash, which basically is a 10-minute Man match. Ricochet will face Timothy Thatcher. Drew Galloway takes on Roderick Strong in a non-title match, sadly. And the Open the Freedom Gate title was Johnny Garner defends against Caleb Conley.
4: Well, with a twist. Well, originally it was supposed to be Caleb, but uh, I just got word just as a recording. Uh, Caleb suffered a suffered a dislocated shoulder, and he posted a pic of it on his Instagram, and it looks pretty bad. So he's not going to be on the shows this weekend. Uh, We don't know who's uh, Johnny going to defend that title. Here's a a few things I want to talk about. First, with the main event, Um, they said that Caleb is getting this opportunity is because he's at the top of the Evolve rankings. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the rankings for the Evolve title why is apparently not <laughs> why is Caleb getting a shot at the Freedom Gate title because the you know the Freedom Gate is not evolved; it's a different brand that's pretty much it's pretty much dead let's be realistic here so I think that's pretty ridiculous that they're putting Caleb's uh, number one contender for a different title that's not for the title that's supposed to be for the main brand now just to go back a couple of matches, this 10-minute flash. I mean, do we really need some kind of like, no pun intended, flashy name for this match? It's just a fucking 10-minute Iron Man match. Just call it like that.
0: They've been influenced by Shinsuke Nakamura and Freddie Mercury. Flash, savior of the
4: universe. (laughs) You know, I thought we were going to get away with these ridiculous names, but come on. I mean, the, the the reboot has been really good. And then you have to do something like this. Like, come on.
0: Disappointing. Uh, it continues on. I don't know if a disappointment will continue on. But they continue on on Saturday, starting off with FIP's Everything Burns show at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this will be on iPay per view. Uh at WWN Live. There will be a fray match. We don't know who's in it. But there will be one. Uh Johnny Vandal will take on John Wayne Murdoch. Gary J faces Lindsay Dorado. In a non title match, it will be Mia Yim versus Santana Garrett. Showcasing off Shine, who will obviously be wrestling in two weeks, is it? Uh yes. Uh, the Four Corners FIP tag belt match. Uh, the Juicy Product, if still champions, will defend against the Savages. So, either way, they're technically whoever loses gets the rematch.
4: It seems kind of pointless. <laughs> uh,
0: also, as part of it, though, will be Dos Bendejos of Cruz and Rios and the submission squad of Evangelistico and Pierre Abernafi If a submission squad won the belts, I would mark out, probably.
4: (laughs) Well, they're kind of getting uh, used more frequently in FIP, so you never know. You never know.
0: And Rich Swan defends the FIP world title
4: against Roderick Strong. Um, I know... um, Rematch, I think that is, isn't it? I think so. Uh, I know uh, Gran Akuma was supposed to be on the show, but he announced a couple of hours ago that he's not going to make it because he is sick. So he's out of uh, this weekend. And Saturday night
0: uh, will be Evolve 37, again on iPay-Per-View. Only five matches confirmed so far. There probably might be one more, I'm not sure. Uh, Timothy Thatcher will take on Roderick Strong. Biff Busick faces u Nation. Oh, that's going to be awesome. AR Fox versus Trevor Lee. That's going to be interesting. Tony Neese and Caleb Connolly will somehow not defend the united gate tag belts against the bravado yeah i
4: don't know how that's gonna work because the supposedly Trent is also hurt still so is it gonna be a handicap match i don't know oh no you know what you could probably put in um what's his name uh mr a that's for replacement. Yeah. but I, I don't think they'll they'll put up the belts. it's probably gonna be like a fun title i don't know
0: or sue young or wrestle
4: well, you never know. It's possible.
0: <laughs> and for the Evolve title, Drew Galloway defends against Ricochet.
4: Yeah, it's it's pretty. We all know who's going to win that match. It's obvious.
0: Actually, the, no. The best thing would actually be somehow if. Uh, UC product got the uh, open the United Gate titles.
4: Well, apparently more belts. Well, apparently, according to Gabe, they have to prove their skills in order to make it to the main brand. So,
0: simple. If they if they win both if if they if they win the match against the Savages, and then win the four corners match, I'm pretty sure that enters them by default. Well, that's hopefully. Well, that's what Gabe said. So, you know. And finally, uh, CZW will be having their opening event of 2015 entitled To Live is to Die, which I think is a new title for them. Yep. It's not an old title, regurgitated. I mean, not like Cage of Death is regurgitated, but it's like, it's sort of, you know, your extreme rules. It's, It's that show always at that point. Trying to think, what were these shows called at the start of the year previously?
4: I don't know. They use different names.
0: Okay, I thought they had a regular name quite a few times, but again, this will be a live eye pay per view uh, off on high spots. Set for this card, we have uh, Devonmore and Lucky Thirteen of the Nation Intoxication taking on Matt Tremont and Stockade. <laughs> Which, considering what they do to each other. In Beyond, I don't know what the hell they're going to do to the Nation of Intoxication. That is that is definitely a mean guy team. <laughs> Alex Kalam versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Chris Dickinson will be taking on Dirty Bucks Belmar. I don't know what's going to happen in that match. <laughs> team Tremendous versus the Beaver Boys. Cool. Joe Gacy defends the wire title against Jonathan Gresham. That's got potential to be a really good match. Mm -hmm. Uh, OI4K defend the tag belts against the Body, the Bomb, and the God. That's Pepper Parks and Papadon with Cherry Bomb. And Black G's defends the World Heavyweight title against Sozio in an ultra-violent street fight because that's how Black G's rolls.
4: They're a bit of a stinker. Let's hope the it continues with uh, this year's January show yeah i might I might uh do uh coverage on the on our twitter I'm not sure, but just keep an eye keep an eye See. on our social media yeah,
0: so I think that is all for this week yes sir uh make sure you check out all the other shows here on the network. Podcast wise, you have Unplugged with Jeff and Bronx and Unplugged CT. Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. The Elite Voice podcast with Walking and Mind Wipe. Get in a Zone with Bronx and Anthony. Uh, SNS Sticks and Flicks with me. And Sunday Night Showdown coming up in a couple of weeks with coverage of the. Royal Rumble. And you never know who will show up there. Especially Kevin Owens. If that happened, Philly would mark the fuck out. <laughs> Good old Philly. Um Sandra, how can people get in touch with us?
4: Well, they can find us on the social media, find us on Facebook, w dot slash the whole indie show. Uh, I'm happy to see that we got a couple of more likes this past week. So thank you to all those new people. Uh, you can find us on the Twitter at TWIS underscore podcast. Uh, we're getting close to six, 600 uh, followers. So that's really good. Thank you for all those that follow us. You can email us questions, feedback or anything whole indie. That's indie with the Y I N D Y at snsradionetwork.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search for the whole indie show, subscribe, rate us, and leave us feedback as well. And you can find all the archives and RSS feeds over at snsradionetwork.com. You can follow myself on Twitter at Sandro T W I S S A N D R O T W I S. You can follow Ashley over at Ash is my name. UK. Uh, you can talk to us, ask us questions, whatever you want. We'll respond. Um. You know, great. This past weekend, uh, we'll see what happens this this upcoming weekend with the shows. Uh, by the way, uh, Lionheart, you can go fuck yourself. You're an asshole <laughs> and a complete douchebag. So uh, yeah, that's about it next
0: week uh will be a big show because uh we will be having an interview i believe do we have, have you got the uh who we're
4: going to be having from 2kw if i'm not mistaken i believe it is from uh matthew ryan chaparro ah right
0: so, uh yeah, I think they've got their show coming up next week, which we'll be uh talking about and everything. Along with uh, probably a few other things. It'll be the show in general and then indie wrestling in general as well. You know, so uh even though you, you know, I'll remind you now, I think it's still, is it still up for free on YouTube? The opening
4: show? Yeah, it's still up there.
0: So go check that out to get an idea of uh, what they're going. If you want to give us any questions that you want to ask them, uh, feel free to send them in via the Facebook or the Twitter or via email. Go ahead and, uh, yeah, that'll be w- winging its way to you next weekend. So Song of the Night, to hype up for that, because I believe the next show is called The Next Step. It's Lincoln's Park's One Step Closer. So with that being said, this was Ashley. That was Sandro. This has been your weekly slice of indie goodness. I'm going to watch Foxcatcher. Bye, everyone.
3: Yeah. The way to disappear
5: at.